When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We on, Mark? We are, we are on, yeah. Oh, you didn't give me the you. signal. Oh, sorry, I completely forgot. Sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, I was see, thinking this is going on for a while. I was waiting for your tutorial to begin. No, sorry about that. Yeah, you're in. You're on. <laughs> is a delay that bad? Are you that far behind? Yeah, it's literally oh. just gone. You're supposed to give me the old little finger. What a anyway, we're back. Oh, we're on, we we're on, we're fine. We pick up stream, where we left off on Friday. The stream's staying up, so we're all right. <laughs> yeah, so we're back on Mark's uh, 50 meg broadband connection again uh, yeah. not his phone we're not um using my limited knowledge of Streamlabs, so there's really no excuse <laughs> for that for that start but there, people there liked it, it though as people like that they enjoyed it we're just giving the people what they want yeah i know so, <laughs> I, I couldn't anyway. my heart couldn't take any more of that you, you know what they did the 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 internet guys they actually i didn't they didn't cut through my cable they knocked the cable above the street off with their digger. wow Inc- incredible act of negligence but Anyway, we're back, and I'm so relieved. Terrible, terrible. What are we doing back. What are we talking about? Well, we're back. It's episode 11 of FPL Black Box. Uh, We're discussing Game Week 9 and Game Week 10. Uh, We haven't done one of these in a while, so we're a bit rusty. Uh, The Friday one doesn't count, because that was... Um, a blur all over it? the show a blur but we're back to the normal format now so we've got uh, the, our game week review we've got black box learnings we've got my top 10k stats and the great and the good standings and then our subjects of interest today are heavy hitters man city and a certain portuguese player mm. who plays for liverpool who we all know we shouldn't get but we all kind of want uh, the casuals, so the casuals have got him already. The casuals course, apparently, according to Twitter. So yeah, we're missing out, aren't we? We've got to get on board quick. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, how are um, you, Mark? Yeah, I'm okay. Been... I'm good. Um, I uh, had a good game week, didn't I? But we'll get to that in a minute. But um, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better having had uh, game week nine. Uh, it was mm. um, much needed. It was my best game week of the season so far, other than the first one. And um, now, of course, I'm nervous because I got rid of Salah, which is why we're looking at heavy as tonight. We're looking at what do we do to get Salah back? He obviously played tonight. He's fit. He's going to play at Brighton, of course. Um, is he going to do us damage if we don't get him straight back in? That's the big question. Um, so we're going to look at all the heavy hitters, compare Salah to those and see what the best strategy is and when we should get him back and so on. So that's the, that's the main focus of tonight. Um, but yeah, we're going to cover all the usual stuff. Let's look at your game week, first of all. As it's um, You had a green arrow. Green arrows for both. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... Right a... <sighs> I was a bit disappointed. I mean, I had four players in the in the Brighton uh, Villa game, mm. so I, I did feel like a lot of my game week was based on that game, which I wasn't confident on anyway because I thought this could easily be, you know, a one-one, and uh, you know, I had two defenders and Mope who's been useless, and I thought Grealish could could do all right. 
Um, but as it happened, I got one from Martinez, minus one from Lamptey, one from Grealish, and two from Mope. So yeah, if you're going to have four team, players in a match, you want yeah. it to be City United or Liverpool City or something like that, maybe where there's high potential of points. But Brighton Villa was never going to be that, I guess. No. Um, and and Welbeck did your clean sheet in early on, and then Lamptey goes and gets a red. I mean, what did you make of the Lamptey red? <laughs> it harsh, well, was it? It's harsh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it it was very it was very harsh, and he's he's starting to turn into that kind of player, but like a Tadic or a you know a player who always looks like they're going to get a fifteen twenty point haul, but seems to come away with one or two points, or in this case minus one. So he just he's just so he's just all action. Like you watch him play, and you think, my God, this is just the best player to own. Um, but he just isn't really getting the returns. So he's he's got banned now. You know, misses Liverpool. It's not the not the worst game for him to mm. for him to miss out on. Uh, I'm going to stick with him. I think he's he's got a big haul in him. He's got a 15, 16 point haul in him at some point this season. I'm sure of it. But he's got to ride out the twos and the ones. Yeah, he always finds a way of getting flagged, doesn't he? Whether it's a yellow yeah. flag because he goes off with a little knock, or now it's a, a suspension. So um, I've got. To I think this was the first week he hasn't been flagged in a week where there's been so many yeah. flags. Well, yeah, so it was quite quite ironic. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just a couple of other things I want to say. I mean, Samedo just continues to disappoint. He, as well. he was at fault for the goal, wasn't he? he I was know. Completely he's, at fault. I think Luke's right. I think he's maybe not that good. <laughs> uh, so he's becoming a bit of a problem. I've got no pay. I've got no City. I've got no Salah. Fernandez did well, but I could have just captain Calvert Lewin and 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 saved the transfer. And now I'm sort of Would panicking. You, that um, I've got the wrong one. Did you have it on really Calvert Lewin's vice? You had it. Yeah, you did, I, had it, I had yeah. it on Calvert Lewin's vice, and I and I and I was you know if I'd gone for De Bruyne, uh, like I was talking, I would have gone for Calvert Lewin anyway. So it only really would have been about a seven or eight point loss, and then I would have someone else in. But you know, I'm I mean Fernandez was fantastic in that game. Uh, mm. I. We've had a bit of beef, or a lot of people had some beef with people talking about Fernandez being lucky. But I, I mean, I watched that game, and I can't, I just can't understand how you, how anyone who watched that game could think he was lucky to get a to get a double digit because he was class above every other player on the pitch. Yeah, I, well, let's address this. I mean, it was basically there was the foul before the penalty was awarded. So the, the, I think the penalty award was right. It, oh, if you agree with these handballs, it was right. It was consistent, mm. should we say? Um, was there a foul beforehand? I think it was um, Fred going in on Gallagher and um, the ref didn't give it. He almost looked like he, pl- he, he played on, which uh, whether mm. he thought West Brom had possession, which they kind of did it. The ball went loose and they didn't clear it. Um, whether it was a foul, I don't know. The referee didn't give it, obviously, and he's right in front of it. And, and I can see why people would turn around and go, OK, well, there's fortune in getting that penalty award. And I think the trouble is with Bruno, he's he's one of those players that every time he gets a penalty, people are waiting for it and go, oh, here we go mm. again. Bruno penalty. Um, so while there, you could claim there was fortune in winning that penalty, uh, uh, the retake wasn't an issue. I mean, Johnson was off his line. Um, but he was unlucky in other ways as well. Well, I look at it and think, in game, was it game week two that they played you down at Brighton? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was for that was lucky. That, that because was lucky. he was yeah. Not only was it as a late haul of points, but he was dreadful in that game. Yeah, he, he was awful. Right, so United were bad, and Fernandez was non-existent, and he came out of that with double figures. Now that was, if you were going to claim he was lucky in any game week so far, it'd be that one. 
not the one we've just had because like you say he was actually really good on the day and, and Martial and Martial should have scored Rashford should have scored and then he would have ended up with a massive haul so yeah. to come out with nothing would have been very harsh so yes that's that's my piece on that but I can Bruno's one of those players as soon as you score he gets a pen the whole community go up in arms don't they yeah, and I mean, but like the thing is, he wasn't—he wasn't just creating like half chances. He wasn't like passing the ball and a player going through and missing. And you know, he was creating quality chances for 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 Martial mm. and, and players who should have scored. So he should have—he should have had two assists in that game, easy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know, I think if you if you haven't got if you didn't have Fernandez and you're really annoyed about it, I kind of feel like well, you know, it's kind of a good result for you because. Unless you captained, I mean, the only real other captains I saw were Grealish and um, mm. Rashford, and they they were both sort of left field picks anyway. I think you'd admit anyone would admit picking those was always going to be of a risk. I think the majority of people who didn't captain Fernandez went for Calvert Lewin and got a haul from him anyway. So how much how much have you really lost? Not if you didn't go for Fernandez, I don't think an eleven points is like a season ending like decision. I think you've You've, you've kind of got away with it a little bit because you know, who knows what he could have got against West Brom if United had been clicking and they'd won that game 5-0 and stuff. So I think, you know, I, I don't think you can be too bitter about him getting a haul that everyone kind of expected and it was kind of kept to a minimum. And if you've gone for De Bruyne, if you've kept Salah, uh, if you've if you've saved your transfer and you're going to get Vardy, then that, this is what you were waiting for. You're waiting for this week where you're going to, we're going to think that Fernandes might not get those those double digits and you've, you've put faith in other players to deliver. So but I think it's a good result well. for everyone. He's playing well, has. I mean, I think, you know, he got the goals in midweek as well. He looked good in that game. Hell of a goal in the week. Um, and we're going to see some data later, which suggests that, you know, it's not Fernandez that we should lose to get Salah back. Um, so we'll get to that in a bit. But let's let's look at my... Oh, Ziyech, while we're there. What do you make of Ziyech? Because a lot of people yeah. got him in as well. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, I mean, he didn't have the kind of dominating game that we've seen him have in the last couple but he played he did some decent things um i mean the, the, the i mean you i think you mentioned it on friday the worry is, is is does he become that player who who assists the assister or or plays too deep and and is he gonna is he gonna get enough returns when chelsea's fixtures toughen when there's other options that are, that are going to be good i mean i, I just th- i just think he's class i, I just mm. really i really like having him in my team like if i'm looking mm. at chelsea uh, Werner's Werner was was unlucky again. Talk about luck. I think he he had some really good opportunities. I mean, his assist was fantastic. He broke through the entire defense and and you know gave a great assist. Um, but he's still a, a forward playing on the wing. Um, we're not really sure. We talk about that left side and, and who's really going to play there. So I still I still think Ziyech is a standout attacker to have in the, in the Chelsea side. And they're scoring goals, lots of goals. The fixtures do toughen, but I still fancy the score against anyone. So. I think he's a holder at, at eight million. I'm I'm still happy with him. I mean, when his price yeah. starts approaching the nine million mark, it's going to start being a bit like hmm, we're now paying for quite a lot. But yeah, I, I, I think, think could justify it. I don't doubt his class absolutely. I just, I just think that you know he's in the same bracket as Grealish. He's he's more expensive than Grealish, and I would say just Grealish is just that little bit more involved. He's a little mm. bit more at the sharp end of things in the box, in other words. But. But, you know, is he actually setting it in? So we'll see. I mean, his creativity is amazing. I don't doubt that. It's just, has he got, he's, got, he's had an eye for goal in previous seasons for other clubs in other countries, but let's see what he can do. But I think he's a keep. He's definitely a keep. He's just, it was just not not his game. And Werner, unlike, you know, I mean, Werner was unlucky, but unlike Fernandez, it was all his own doing. He had, he should have scored. He had, a, yeah. he had two really good clear chances and at least should have scored one of them. So, you can claim he was unlucky, but it was all under his control. It wasn't like he was setting up players who missed. So, 
you know, I don't know. He's a he's a funny player. He's, he do reminds you, me of Sterling. His, um, sorry, did you see his his, his uh, attempted assist for for Ziyech? I was yeah, I mean, fuming. Absolutely made, fuming with that. That should have been in the net. He should have made sure of that. And but, then he scores yeah, he that, and Ziyech is is you know absolutely oh, essential again. So yeah, but I think that. He just reminds me a little bit of Sterling and there's no doubt in his quality and he can score goals, but every now and then he's finishing or his composure just goes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's, he's still settling in, but I think that um, he's not yet uh, a heavy to alternative up front for me. I think it's still Kane or Vardy if you're going to do that. But anyway, let's go on to my team. Um, mine was really all about the, the defence. That's that's the differentials that I spoke about. I know, I on, look at that. How rare is that? Surgery. I said on the FL Surgery podcast that I think my defence is where the differentials are, and they came in. I mean, I'm really pleased with Reece James, obviously, because it looks like ZH has done him a favour. I think while he's now he's in the team, I think Reece James is is more or less nailed on. Yeah. Um, rested again in midweek for Europe, so looks like he's going to be okay for the weekend. Um, and and Dina at last did something. I mean, he could have well, he could have got me more. Really, he could have got me more. I mean, there was. I think he, I think three big chances he set up. We got an assist from two of them. So really back. impressed with him. And a wing back well, yeah. They yeah. keep that up. Yeah, and a Wobi did well, didn't he? I mean, God dear. Well, no. Really didn't know how to him. No. No, he looked a completely different player. I've never seen him like that for Everton so far. So, I mean, it, it could be that they keep that system against Leeds. We'll have to see. So I'm pleased with my defence at the moment, but it's a tougher week coming up for me, I think. Elsewhere... Very little, really, apart from Fernandez and, and Calvert-Lewin. I know Calvert-Lewin has vice as well. So and McCarthy got got maximum bonus oh, from, a, from a one-all draw. I know, I know. I was almost embarrassed to accept it. And it was funny a, um... because um, I was watching it and Che Adams was ahead on the bonus and I was willing him to make a foul. <laughs> then it would swap over. And he did right at <laughs> yeah. the last moment. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's like it's funny, isn't it? Willing, <laughs> willing, willing stuff like that to happen. Yeah. Like, every every you see someone misplaced pass, you go, "Yes, that's going to knock his bonus down." It's, it's, know, it's bad, isn't it's, it? Uh, it's sad, yeah, very, very bad. Really sad. Yeah, because I'm in a um in my university group. I was in it. I'm in a head to head, because everyone's taking it more seriously this year because they've got nothing else to do. Uh, whereas in previous years, I've just smashed it every year, but now it's a lot tighter. And my my head to head came down to Samedo versus McCarthy, so we were like level on points. And uh, yeah, a lot got absolutely trounced by McCarthy's masterclass. So yeah, that hurt. He, he has done very well. I mean, since I mean, yeah, a lot of people got Martinez in, and since that kind of popularity yeah. of Martinez has grown, McCarthy's done really well and yeah. and justified his selection. So I'm, I'm very happy with him. But yeah, it was funny because Lee from FBL family, he had Che Adams, and Sam, his wife, had McCarthy, and so that complete exchange in the last minute on the bonus happened live in their living room. Which <laughs> I feel for Lee there. Yeah, one of those things. Uh, let's look at the great and the good because we both went up in that and we're comfortably mid-table now. Um, so I had actually the biggest <laughs> overall rank climb in the entire league, Ooh, which is really good out. to see. I know, so I'm comfortably Humble mid-table. Humble brag there, Mark. And, nice. and yes, and, and chasing down Mr. Rig and Mr. Freeman who struggled this week. Tom Freeman's weird and he has amazing game weeks and then really bad ones. He keeps mm. alternating. Um, so he's... Almost coming down, Magnus Carlsen, FBL General and Fabio Borgia killing it, though. Um, both yeah. of them, amazing game week. So 88 points and 82 points for Fabio and FBL General. I got 77, you came in with 64. So there's now 15 between us. Oh, a little no, bit yeah. of a cushion. For, for for the first time this season, I went ahead of you just for one day. You did. But then you, did you, but then you had so many it? players on the... <laughs> you had so many players on the Sunday. I was like, oh, oh no, this isn't, this isn't going to be good. But yeah, I mean, look at look at that. I mean, uh, on the on the screen. I mean, 
pretty much everyone went for Fernandez. Uh, there was two Rashfords, uh, a Grealish and a Werner. So late rises yeah. still still really trying to hit these differentials, but they're not. They're just not coming off for them this year. They will do. I've got no doubt they will start to eventually, but it kind of feels like Werner never felt like the best option for me this week. But it he didn't have Fernandez. Is he trying? Did he? No, no. But I mean, he would have had Calvert Lewin. Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I can, it's difficult, I, isn't I, it? It's, I've been there, so I know it. what it's like. Yeah. yeah, and you start to force it. I mean, like I, I kept faith in Sterling as captain far too often yeah. last season, and convinced that that would be the differential captain that lift me up. And I wasn't going for obvious captains, and that's why I'm trying to put it right this season by doing that. But mm. I feel for him because he's yeah, he'll turn it around. But it's just uh, waiting for his big week. It's going to come. It's yeah, come. and What's it could have happened with Werner to be fair because it could have done. Yeah, chance. I mean. For me, it was just because it was the early kickoff. I would never have gone Werner anywhere because I hate captaining in the early kickoffs. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's interesting in the second table, wild cards played. If you look at the bottom half of the table, um, what was it five of the bottom six have all played the <laughs> wild card, and that shows you, doesn't yeah. it, how the wild cards just haven't worked out this season so far. Really hard to play a good one, isn't it? And I think particularly this week, we saw people taking out the likes of Robertson. Um, you know, Son, Kane, the, you know, the, these were these were pop, you know, people have been waiting for this week with the fixture turn. And actually a lot of the players who people were, had, you know, earmarked to get out are all, all delivered points. I mean, Son, I mean, you took out Son for a hit pretty mm. essentially. Son to KDB, you didn't yeah. need to do that. No, so it wasn't for a hit, was it? you had two free transfers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seemed, when we talked about it on Friday, it seemed logical. I mean, thinking about it now, you, with hindsight, it's easy to say, well, you could have, you could have held off on that, but... I think, like I said on Friday, if you're picking two players for that game, you're, you're going to pick. You're probably going to pick Kane and and um, and De Bruyne. So, yeah, I don't think you can beat yourself up too much over it. But no, I'm, like, I'm keeping Son now. I think. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, it was a good guy. I mean, it didn't. He wasn't marvelous in that game. I mean, Kane obviously got the headlines. I think Son took his goal well and was always a threat mm. at his pace. De Bruyne was was um, was central to what City had, but they just again. They're just relying on him too much at the moment. They yeah. need Foden in there. They need Sterling back. And I think hopefully they'll click with these good fixtures, but we'll look at them later on in the show. But yeah, I mean, just to defend those people who have played their wildcard, it's been bloody difficult, which is what I keep saying. Yeah. Every, every time someone says to me, are you playing your wildcard? You're not doing very well. It's always been, well, I would do, but seeing how hard it is to get a good one out, I know. I'm absolutely petrified. And I, I'm so part of the reason has been, not that my team's been perfect, it's part of it has been I just... I don't trust myself to do a good wild card, and it's, well, I think it's been the, so difficult. Exactly, and I think you know we we talked about Spurs and City, and you know I'm half tempted just to transfer that twenty quid over to whatever charity you want <laughs> right now because I I said yeah. to you that the Spurs City game is is a massive game because if Spurs get something from it, then you know you've got to start taking them seriously, and even with a tough run, suddenly their players aren't people sold their players to preempt you know a, a, a dry not a complete. We always said they're never going to completely dry up, but to tap into other fixtures and because they're probably going to drop a bit, but the, the system they've got is clever. And, you know, I was very, very, I, I didn't want to be, anti, I'm not, I'm not massively anti Spurs, but I didn't feel that they had enough to really go toe to toe in, in, in the top four and compete with the likes of Liverpool and, and City. But I mean, hats off to him. I mean, Mourinho knows what he's doing. It, 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 uh, who would have known that a manager like him who's won trophies everywhere he's been actually, Knows yeah. how to manage a football club, but it was, I was really impressed with them. I thought they were brilliant against City. Well, it's Kane, though, isn't he? He's a completely different yeah. player now, and he's at the oh, top of his machine. game, and his yeah. game is changing to what we're used to seeing. You know, that dropping deep like he does and orchestrating things is not what we expect from him, but he's always got that goal in him as well. Um, 
and he's tracking back and he's making defensive contributions. It's just crazy what his form at the moment. Um, yeah, I still think like going into these fixtures with both Son and Kane, I think I think I'm okay losing one. Um, obviously, in the short term, Son to De Bruyne hasn't paid off for me, but we'll see. I mean, it's over three or four weeks that I expect De Bruyne to to, to sneak back in it and be the highest scoring player over mm. Son. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, Spurs at Chelsea, City at Burnley on paper. That should be De Bruyne winning that one. But it, yeah, Spurs are playing well and they can get the goals at I'm Chelsea. Happen, as well I'm happy with Son. I think in in mm. that kind of system, that counter attacking system, he's 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 a he's a safe hold. I, I think Kane, Kane to me is is the one um, to to potentially lose. Uh, really? So we're we're going different ways because I'm going to be keeping Son and you're going to be keeping Kane. So really, okay. we should see how that pans out. I'm, I'm happy the, with Son. If only we were doing the show last week, I'd have made a case for don't do that. But anyway, mm. you have to take my word for it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> if you go that way, it'd be very interesting to see how that yeah. turns out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, top 10K, uh, the template, a few changes here. Martinez is, is firmed up in goal. McCarthy's yep. gone down a little bit. What else do you see here amongst the template? It's Walker Peters, yeah. Chilwell, Justin Zuma, Kilman in defence. Yeah. I mean, not, not huge changes. Um, I mean, Fernandez came in, which, which was interesting. And, and, and Salah went out. So, it just shows that it really does. It just really does. I mean, it was the most popular transfer this week. We can talk about it in a sec. It was Salah to Fernandez, um, and I mean, you know, Fernandez coming sort of out of nowhere with suddenly a seventy-seven percent effective ownership is was was huge. It's going to be really interesting to see how that branches off over the next few weeks with with so many heavy hitters that we're going to talk about sort of mm. coming in, and whether Fernandez stays in that team or whether it gets more, um, you know, more even across across the board. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Walker Peters came in, so he's, oh, I can't remember who he's replaced. He replaced Robertson, I think. Um, so he's, right, yeah. yeah, so he he was a really popular pick at the start of the season. I had him at the start. Then I got rid of him and he dropped out of the template and now he's back in again. And he, he got a bonus point in a one-all uh, draw as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's encouraging for his owners. Zaha clings on in there. I mean, you know, no one thought, no one was expecting that rest against Burnley. Uh, it was good for us who don't own him. Not so good for Zaha, unfortunately, who's tested positive for coronavirus. Mm. Um, but I mean, the, the the main name there who I'm really surprised to still see is um, Rodriguez. Yeah, hanging um, on in there. Ownership's gone up on, a bit. Not Yeah, not just hanging on there, but ownership's gone up. So I don't know whether that's people captaining him, which obviously boosts his, his, his EO, um, or it's people buying him in to tap into Fulham and, and Everton. But yeah, I was, I was surprised that he's still there because he... He just hasn't looked the same as he did at the beginning of the season. He doesn't look like he's got huge hauls in him at the moment. So I, he's not a player that I would be targeting. It's interesting as well. Ancelotti moved his position to more central because they were conceding chances down that side. Um, without Coleman there as well, they, they were weak down that that right-hand side. So they've moved him infield playing wing-backs and put a Wobie out there. But Rodriguez just didn't influence the game enough from a central position, did he? He, he didn't have as much time, presumably. Fulham were around him a lot more. And um, yeah, he struggled. He, he struggled, and so you know, he is a concern if you're holding him. I think. I think, yeah, it's it's not an easy fixture this week either. So I think with the emergence of obviously Grealish, and you've got the heavy hitters coming good as well, and Yotta, who we talk about, and Rodriguez is someone who's going to be sold a lot. I think, and I don't think he'd be in a top ten K template for much longer. I think him and him and Ziyech, because they're kind of an awkward price, because they're not that premium tag, but they're also not your budget six, five millions. I think if people are looking to free up cash, I think they're probably going to be 
players that people look to lose patience with quite quickly in order to boost some of their other options up to, to some of the, the heavy hitters. So I think, you know, I think Rodriguez and, and Ziyech in particular do need to start delivering over mm. the next few weeks or, or we're going to start seeing their ownership fall quite a lot. Yeah, particularly with Yotta about. So up front, mm. it's still Kane, Calvert-Lewin and Bamford. I mean, that looks rock solid. I can't, can't see argue, that moving. Can't argue with that, can you? No, I mean, I think that's the front three that a lot of people aspire to. Um, maybe Antonio could shake that up when he's fit. But other than that, I just don't see that changing any anytime soon in the top 10K. No, I mean, you've got Watkins, but he's he just seems quite inconsistent, doesn't he? He's just and it's quite... too much, isn't it? If you've got Grealish, I think having two Villa at the moment, yeah. again, we, I don't know if I fully trust them yet uh, to, to invest that much. And there's a lot of people that are carrying three at the moment because they've got Martinez, Grealish. And well, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, um, you know, they're at West Ham this week, which, you know, you just can't predict what they're going to do because they've been extraordinary at times and then quite ordinary at other times. So certainly yep. in game at nine, they were. Um, let's look at the transfers in the top 10K have made. ZH was the most transferred in, 693, um, with uh, Rodriguez making way in midfield, along one with Havertz, as you could see there. Any comments there on what you're seeing? Any surprises in those transfers? Oh, I think though. No- I think those. I think those players might be last. Might be last week's because Fernandez was the most. Um, was the most transfer. Oh really? I've, I've got the wrong ones in. Let's look at the transfers at the bottom then. The well, I didn't send you. Know. I didn't send you them this week. So oh, I'm wondering where you got, where, right. you got those I from. See. <laughs> so, explain yeah, because the because the because the most popular transfer this week was at the bottom. It was Salah for, to Fernandez. So right. sixteen hundred managers out of the top ten k just made that. Made so that they move. were game week eight's moves, were they? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I I I personally don't think we're going to see a bigger like transfer out transfer in than that move um all season because it's it, you know Salah's so highly owned and it was such an easy switch to move to Fernandez with the fixture he had uh that's just absolutely huge um you know so yeah I mean other people did Salah to Mane Salah to ZH came in um other people took out Son for Fernandez Salah to De Bruyne was down there but you know these are all Salah out Salah out Salah yeah. out Salah out so you know he started tonight against Atalanta. They're 2-0 down, by the way. Um, and apparently he doesn't look fully fit, but I'm sure it won't take him long to... He hasn't been out for that That's long. That's interesting. Not, but it's not... I, I wouldn't have thought it's going to take him long to get back to it. Uh, but it looks like he's going to start against Brighton. So suddenly mm. you're kind of asking yourself, ooh, have we been a bit hasty with this? Because I thought he was going to miss two matches uh, with, him, with him back tonight. It's a bit of a worry. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, let's look at some data from game week nine then. Let's look at um, some team data, first of all, um, just to pick out a few things here. Chelsea still top of the season defence and top of also for their defence over the last four game weeks as well. What's interesting here is United, um, over the last four game weeks, second to Chelsea and minutes per XG conceded non-penalty, 254 minutes. Um, so their defence has really tightened up over the last four mm. Um, I know I kind of sneaked in there, and and a player that we haven't spoken about too much is Tellez, who you've got on your watch list. I know, yep. who's getting a bit of attention now. I mean, if United are going to firm up like that, suddenly we 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 may well start looking at their defence um, as an option. But Tellez offers so much going forward, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. I mean, I I'm just not sure about United's fixtures. I mean, they seem they seem kind of okay on on paper, but I mean, Southampton, I think they're going to give them a. I mean, Southampton have just been brilliant since that mm. since that Tottenham result. It's almost like their kind of Leicester humiliation last season spurred them on to do well. The, the Tottenham one's kind of been the same. Uh, I mean, West Ham. I mean, I would never would have thought West Ham could have 
could have come you know come through the fixtures they had and, and looked half decent and they just continue to just look good like just getting wins and they've got creativity and they've got Masuaku and Kufal there and you know they've got players that can come off the bench now with uh Ben Rama you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talent in that West Ham team um for Moy. so I don't think either of those two games are going to be are going to be that easy I wouldn't be surprised if if they didn't keep a clean sheet in either of those despite having the good stats then they've got City mm. I mean who knows yeah. what's going to happen in that one uh they do all right against City and United um most of the time in recent in recent years uh i mean it would be game week 13 i i I think maybe you could you could start looking into it but at that point um sure might be back or might be you know nearing a return and then do you really want to go near tellers if he's going to have competition from sure i don't know he seems a bit of a risk to me yeah sure it was just interesting to see them leap up there the last four i mean city are a third there um 199.5 minutes per actually non-penalty conceded um and they're fifth overall for the season so their defense is is becoming Obviously, one we've got to take note of, and we're going to talk about them in a minute. No doubt about the team struggling, though, defensively. Fulham, Sheffield United and West Brom right down there over the season. But it's interesting, if you look at the last four, how Villa have dropped down. Um, and, you know, this was a defence that we looked to invest in with Martinez, uh, Consa, uh over recent weeks, Mings yep. as well. Um, but recently, they've just started to show fragility and the data bears that out so yeah i think we've got to be we wary of them as we said before leicester's defense down there as well although their fixtures yeah, are a lot surprising. better yeah. yeah they should turn this around though shouldn't they i mean they've had injuries that's the problem um and i think you know we should see Leicester defense recover in there but they're, they're very much below mid-table at the moment overall for the season um i mean villa attacks. villa leicester and everton all, all right down there is yeah it's surprising well, everton I mean, have really struggled I know, an Ancelotti team, second from bottom in, in defensive stats. Is... He's changed the system, though, to as a reaction to that. That's what the wing-backs is about, I think. that Just that recent defensive form, he just wanted to kind of shore yeah. it up again. So we'll see against Leeds whether that... I mean, that'll be a test. Leeds, as we're about to see, um, attacking terms of the last four, second only to, to Liverpool. So the Liverpool attack at the top over the last four. Leeds are next. Um, you know, in terms of minutes... Per XG non penalty leads are the top rated side over the last four games. Mm. So that attack yeah. at Goodison Park will be a real test for Ancelotti's new system. We'll see. And again, that underlines how Bamford isn't going to go anywhere at the moment, is he? If you've got him and, and managers like us who don't have him, he's, I mean, he's for me, if I was going to get rid of Kane, he's the one I'd go to. Yeah. I mean, his, his stats as well of, uh, of the charts as well. I think he's, He's one of the. He's is he the top or he's one of the top forwards for over the last four games in terms of shots and and everything that you want to see from a striker. Uh, I mean, I've still got Mopay stinking up my team, and um, I actually very nearly last week did Mopay to to Bamford just for a hit, just to get it done. Uh, it wouldn't have worked last week because they both blanked. But um, I mean, they both had good chance actually. Mopay should have oh, scored. Yeah. You text. I got. I got, I was a bit behind watching it, and I got a text from you saying it just said Mopay exclamation mark. And I was you so happy. Goal was coming, I was oh, so happy, no. and then I just saw him miss it, and I was like, "Ah, you bastard!" <laughs> uh, and, and then it, Bamford as well. He had a he had a really good chance, and he gave quite a tame well, shot. Well, he always has people. chances. He always yeah. has chances in that lead team. That's just why when you own him, it's entertaining at the very least. Even even yeah. when he blanks, frustrating, I guess, because he has big yeah. chances and he misses them. But it's encouraging to see Leeds right up there with the Liverpool attack as as the top in the division. Fulham as well. I mean, look how Fulham have climbed over the last four game weeks. They're in mm. in fifth place. Now, in, in attacking terms, in the data, um, which is you know something you wouldn't expect, but obviously Loftus Cheek, Lookman in particular, has made a difference. 
Um, and they're, they're just finding their feet attacking wise, but they're still fragile at the back, as we saw against Evan. It's, it's so strange. I mean, Mitrovic benched again um, mm. in, in that game. You know, he's tired from international duties. Such a strange thing with him. He keeps getting benched in these games and not taking penalties and little injuries. And another and penalty. Another penalty. I, I can't believe it. I know. I know. Why didn't he take rubbish. it again? I know. It's, it's, it's very strange. And then and then you look at Loftus-Cheek. I mean, he's con. He's gone from fighting for a first team role at Chelsea to being on the bench for Fulham mm. in a relegation battle. I, 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 I just can't. I can't really understand what's what's going on. Surely there. Surely Loftus Cheek has got to start eventually. I mean, he's such a quality I mean, player. It's insane. I mean, he's he's like a country mile. Was he the best player at that at that club? Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 strange that he's not he's not being used. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm not I'm not going any. I mean, well, I say other than that. I mean, including that, I'm not going anywhere near. They could be top of the charts for everything and i don't think i'd be i'd be going yeah. there they're just they're just so they're just not going to do well this well season, mitrovic right? was disappointed he missed the penalty for serbia of course and and that was obviously devastating for him so probably wasn't going to take the penalty last weekend but mm. they need to find a penalty taker because it's it's becoming a running joke now isn't it for them it's just awful um interestingly southampton attack right at the bottom there so it's 119 minutes per xg non-penalty I and mean, we've in, in sidelined as well Che Adams is doing well he's still yep. still offering points still returning but that Southampton attackers over the last four has, has dropped right down now and that's you've got to be wary of that if you're holding Adams because that would suggest that he's going to struggle to keep it up but we'll see yep. but it's City we're interested in City at the moment one what, uh, just one more go. one more team on that list which I like the yep. look of is uh, you haven't highlighted them but it's Leicester in third because you yeah. know, you've got you've got you've got a Leicester attack with the games they've got, and they've been in in what looks like good attacking form. Vardy is screaming out. Yeah, well, they're third for the last four game weeks and third overall for the season. But what's yeah. interesting in the top table over the season minutes per xG non penalty ninety one point one. That's quite low because they've relied on penalties mm. for Vardy for their goals to this point. But Madison, but it's been improving. It's hold. been improving yeah, exactly. down to seventy five point nine over the last yeah. four. Exactly. So they are improving and the fixtures are good. Um, and Vardy is that Kane alternative, clearly. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I think if I was getting rid of Kane, I, I I just wouldn't go to Vardy because I'd want the money to spend elsewhere, I think, for me. I did, I did look at like weeks ago, I was planning Vardy in, but I just, the reliance on penalties so far. And I, I, when I watch Leicester, I'm still thinking they're not the team they were last season yet. They haven't quite clicked. They just need Madison to have a run of games, uh, get Barnes in the side, because Barnes was rested or dropped the week before last, came back in this week. I, I just I just want to see but a by game the same where logic, three or four and click. But by Man the same City. logic, you'd say Man City. Yeah, exactly. segues well, us nicely into the next That's section. exactly, I mean, you're, you've got a point. I mean, I think it's just City's, attacking power over previous seasons that really that mm. convinces me that they are worth a worth a go with the fixtures they got. So this is this is Man City's form this season compared to last. And you know, touches in final third, touches in the box, goals, XG, shots in the box, shot on target, big chances, all down. Every single one down on last season. And um some of them by a huge margin. There it's one point yeah. two goals per match compared to two point seven goals per match last season. Um big chances two per match this season, 3.7 last season. So almost half the number of big chances per match so far this season compared to last. But if you look at the table below, City have got Burnley this week Hmm. in game week 10. And the last three times that Burnley have been to City's stadium to play them, they've lost 5-0. 
So the record against Burnley is quite extraordinary mm. in that, you know, they, they more or less trounce them every time. So Burnley, you can say they're a good defensive team. And if you look at the defensive data that we have over the season, um, Burnley are right up there. You know, they're fourth for the season. Um, mid-table for the game week, but fourth overall for the season in terms of a lot of the indicators. Minutes per XG conceded, 83 minutes. So they only concede an XG every one every match, 83 minutes. But it's that record at the Etihad, which is just astonishingly bad, which says to me that Deitch has tried to go there on previous visits and never come up with a system to stop City playing. Mm. So it's really down to... It's not so much can Burnley stop them. It's our City going to click at last, isn't it? And that's the doubt we've got. Yeah, and I still I still have my doubts about it because I mean, you look if you're looking at records from the last few seasons, when they've played Burnley in these seasons, they've been already swashbuckling. We haven't we haven't seen a pet Man City side grinding out one nil one nil wins or losing two nil to Spurs sort of relatively with little fight in them um, ever. So. It's, I think it's going it's to be a pretty big jump for them suddenly to start going from what they've... I mean, they won 1-0 again tonight in the Champions League, which they've been doing well in this season. It's going to be a big jump for them suddenly to go into a, a match against a, a, a decent defensive side and, and suddenly just completely click. They're really missing Aguero. Uh, and Silva. And, and Silva, absolutely. And and for some reason, they're not playing Foden. And I, I just... I, I cannot... I just cannot understand what Phil Foden has to do to get into that City side. He scored, he scored the goal tonight, didn't he? Of course he did. Of course he did, because he, he's fantastic. And, he, you know, he has that game for England where he, he's so full of confidence and life. And they're playing... I mean, Luke said it. He's like, Mares has two amazing seasons for City and barely gets in the team. And then he looks absolutely awful. And now he's starting every week. Like, I... I just, I can't, I just can't understand it. I can't understand how Foden cannot be starting for City when they're struggling to score goals because he, to me, is the most creative player I, I think, aside I think from De Bruyne in that side. I think it's because he wants to play De Bruyne in the 10 and to do that, he feels he has to have two defensive players behind him, Rodri and Gundogan, um or Fernandino when he's fit. And then in the wide position, he's got Torres who has been pressed and then he's got Sterling, Silva or Mahrez for the other spot. So where is where does Foden go? Now, against Burnley, a team where he doesn't need two defensive players with De Bruyne, surely you put him in this game. But, I mean, against Spurs, he plays he plays Mares over Foden. So, yeah, but that's out wide, the, isn't it? I don't, I don't... Yeah, I, I still don't know where he would play Foden. Would he play him as one of the attacking three out wide? Or does he play him as one of the midfield three? But I think at the moment, the reason why he's not getting the midfield is because... He wants a protection yeah, of two players behind yeah, the yeah. point. Um, and out wide, there's too much competition. Because Torres has been the out... I didn't expect Torres to be getting starts, but he's, he's done well. And it's hard to argue. Well, he's been playing... He's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been playing... He's been playing the false nine. He's he, he's looked... He's looked sharp, which which definitely... I mean, you know, from an FPL, FPL perspective, I think Foden is, is a no-go now because he's, he just... You know, this is four games in a row where he hasn't he hasn't started, and he started again in the Champions League tonight. He scored, which is good, but is he? I mean, there's got to be more chance of him starting over the next couple of difficult games because they don't need to play like you say. They don't need to play Rodri and and another DM. But I, I just I just can't I, I don't know I just can't understand it. I just think you know from from an FPL wise he's out. But from a from a footballing perspective, you've got a City side struggling to score goals. 
you just get Phil Foden in, in in the form he's shown this season. He's been he's been arguably like you know one of the most informed players in the league, and he's he he, he hasn't been playing. Like he goes off on on for England, and he and he does what he does, and he's he comes off the bench and he changes games for them, and he he every time I see him, I think this is a player who can easily unlock a team. He can score a goal. He can create something, and they just refuse to play him. I, I, I think I, what what could happen is we could it. see De Bruyne dropping deeper and Foden coming in. I mean, so it could be a bad thing for me as a De Bruyne owner that, you know, I think while he's in the 10, he won't play Foden. But that might change. I mean, let's look at the fixtures that City have got, which is why we're, you know, we're obsessing about them. They're right at the top of the ticker, the attacking ticker over the next, for the next six game weeks. And they've got Burnley at the weekend, Fulham at home after that, United in game week 12, but then West Brom, at home, Southampton, and then Newcastle at home. So their next four home games, Burnley, Fulham, West Brom, and Newcastle, four at home in the next six. Those four home games couldn't be any stronger. Um, and maybe, maybe these are the games he will play Foden in, the games where he doesn't need yeah. that defensive security. But we'll find out. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll this, 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 is, this is the quandary that you've got if you've got Foden, because looking at points and looking at minutes and looking at everything, it's, it's an easy sale, especially when you've got Yotta there for the same price. I mean, so there must be so many people with Foden thinking I could easily just do a switch from Yotta, who's in form, he's getting the minutes, he's still got good fixtures. Um, but then I, I, I just, I, I can't, I mean, you know, City's, City have looked good defensively, probably, in you know, most games, except for the Spurs game, probably because they're playing those two DMs. So, you know, they, they're not, they're not doing that great, but they have, they have at least tightened up. They're not, they're not having that many shots against them. So... Yeah, that that has that has I guess been a plus. You know, they've got a settled centre back pairing now. Liverpool and Diaz. You know, Pep must like the fact that they're they're shipping less, but he does. Like you say, he doesn't need to do that. So if I had Foden, I, I don't know what the answer. If if I if you had Foden, what would you do with him? Because I'd I, sell I honestly, him. I'd sell him know. now tell because him. he started tonight. I'd sell him. If he was if like yeah. Yotta didn't start tonight, so Yotta's going to play against Bayern. Foden starts tonight. There's a very good chance he scores, he in, a one, he scores in a one 0 win. Yeah, it depends how he approaches the Burnley. <laughs> I think if Foden plays against Burnley, that tells me that, you know, and I think that will mean De Bruyne will be a bit deeper. Then that tells me that that's that's what we're going to see against Fulham, West Brom, and Newcastle. I would think against United, I don't think Foden will play. He'll go back to the two DMs with De Bruyne in front. I imagine um, maybe the same at Southampton as well. So let's see. I think the Burnley game is going to tell us a lot. But you're right about the defence. Let's let's look at their defence in particular, because up until this evening, or maybe up until yesterday, I was I was sold on Cancelo as the mm. option. And we looked at him in a previous black box episode. And this this data here looks at the um, the City defence as a whole, and you see that you know, over the season, since you know XGI expected goal involvement. Chancello's right out in front, 1.56. None of the other defenders, Walker, Diaz, Laporte, Akio Garcia, are anywhere near offering the, the threat up front because of the creati- creativity. 15 chances created. Mm. Um, since he came into the side, he's been creating chances quicker than De Bruyne. So he's been an extraordinary potential FBL asset. But tonight, Mendy and Zinchenko, um, Mendy started. Mendy went off after 78 minutes. Zinchenko came yep. on. They're both fit. They're both left-back options now. And you've got to think. And they're actually well, left backs. Yeah, and they're left. They're left backs. So, and and Cancelo isn't. No, but Cancelo's playing well and he's being effective. But he got the full ninety tonight. Walker was rested, so Walker comes back in. I think Cancelo will start at the weekend. But it's just now I look ahead and think. Yeah. I thought Mendy was going to get eased back in, but 
he's in tonight and he played first match back yeah. in the squad straight in the team so I think over the Christmas period Cancelo's going to be a problem or over the next four or five game weeks and you want him for that run you want him for you know these games against Burnley Fulham West Brom and Newcastle and it could be that do you want the anxiety of the team sheets going into those matches and that's mm. I think what you might have now with Cancelo I mean what's your thoughts on it now yeah, I mean, you know, purely from stats wise, purely from potential wise, I think Cancelo's the the one to get. Uh, if you've got Mitchell and you've got James, like I think I mentioned this this last week, if you've got if you've got those three, then I think you've run the risk of, of not having a single, you know, only having two defenders. Oh, uh, James is all right. One now. week, come on. Oh yeah, James. James maybe is. I mean, like I said, of the um, you know, Thiago didn't play and he played, so yeah. I think that was that was pretty. That big theory is blown out the water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's gone now. But you know, he's still. I mean, Azpilicueta is still one of the one of the Premier League's best right backs. So, mm. uh, well, one, not really a right back, but a centre back or a left back, or whatever the hell he plays, he's, he's still mm. he's still class. Uh, and the fixture list does turn tougher. So I don't know if they're going to turn to him in the tougher yeah, games. Yeah, and over Christmas he will get he will get matches. Yeah. And James will get rested. Um, so, so I think the question I think is, you, do you want another one? Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think Diaz is is the one that, that I'd get the same price as Cancelo. Uh, you know, you've got you've got De Bruyne there putting in the deliveries, so he's always got a chance of getting a, a heady goal. Uh, my kind of my kind of mantra is not to pay more than five million for a centre back, but I think given the fixtures, given City's defensive form, and given the fact he's got De Bruyne there, I, I can see Diaz or Laporte getting getting a you know a goal or or a goal each maybe over the run or something like that to. To make him really good. I mean, we've seen it with Otamendi in the past. We've seen mm. it with Laporte in the past when they've had games like this. Clean sheets come and then the goal and you know the old headed goal comes and stuff like that. So I think they're both really good options. Um, I'm looking at Diaz. I'm looking at getting Semedo out for for Diaz. Probably not this week because Arsenal can't score. So I'm looking at Semedo and thinking I don't mm. really need to prioritise getting rid of him this week. Uh, probably next week I'll be I'll be getting Diaz in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was the same as you. I was I was all looking at Cancelo and thinking. He looks the one to get, but I, I mean, Zinchenko and Mendy back now. There's, there's, there's definitely going to be rotation. Yeah, and they've got I didn't Ake as well. I mean, where, where is that K? Is he injured? Is he injured? I don't now? know. Is he flagged? He, I don't think he is. Oh, Stones played tonight, didn't he? So maybe he is injured. Yeah, he is injured. He has to have an injury. Yeah, yeah he's on his hamstring. Okay. Um, the thing is about, uh, yeah, Zinchenko. I wasn't worried about, but Mendy, I am. I mean, I know that I know that Pep loves Mendy, but I just didn't think Mendy would get back into the fold that quickly. I saw he was no. back in training, and I thought, well, it'll be a couple of weeks at least before he gets any action. But no, straight in tonight, and so now that's changed the game for me. I think the risk is heightened, and I don't really like. I hate owning City rotation options i hate it because you, you every time the city team sheet's coming in you're refreshing oh, oh, is, he, is he gonna play oh you know you just and i got him mm -hmm. last year for a spell i had him for a couple of games last year where i when they had easier games at home and he played one of them he didn't play the second one so annoying uh, but it's just things like he's attacking potential look at his minutes minutes per baseline bps this is how yeah. quickly he's earning bps points outside of goals and assists yeah 5.8 minutes per bps point compared to all the others are in the sevens yep. so in terms of when when city keep a clean sheet can if they don't score many goals can is going to be in the bonus so there's that as well plus the obviously the the threat he's got going forward he's playing midfield most of the time because of the way he tucks yep. in his fullbacks but i just i'd like to have a go <laughs> and i and i'm going to say later i might be making my transfers tonight so i've got to make up my mind pretty sharpish about what i'm going to mm. do with this the other thing that makes me worried about the City defence is this 
possibility that he'll drop one of the DMs, put De Bruyne back and play Foden, and then they won't be as secure. Yeah, well, even, yeah exactly. even with the yeah. fixtures they've got, they might actually start conceding chances. I mean, I, this this is the thing is that I I've, I've gone from last week, you know, Friday, a few drinks, saying you know De Bruyne is going to be in. There is, yeah. you know, he's going to be my captain. Is no way we can go without. Him. No way anyone can go without him. I was so uninspired by that Spurs game, like just just honest, just so uninspired. And like I'm looking at the team and I'm thinking, there's two players here that realistically I would consider, and that's De Bruyne and Sterling. I really want Sterling. He's yeah. he looks he looks like a frustrating pick, and when he, you know, I, I, I just feel like I can you know tell you firsthand he is. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I just kind of feel like I've got quite a good Sterling sense. Like I can kind of tell when he's suddenly gonna. He just has a look about him where he looks unplayable, and he just doesn't really have that at the moment. So yeah, I know what you mean. I'm, look, yeah. I'm looking at De Bruyne, and I'm thinking, okay, what's going to happen with him? Is he going to go deeper? Is he really going to hit the heights of last season? You know, is is he gonna is he gonna do enough? You know, to really and you know you've got to think he's, he's going to get returns over the next couple. But I think there's other players who have got potential to do well as well. So suddenly, you know, he's not nine million anymore. He's not nine point five million. He's he's an eleven point five million asset. He's one of the most expensive players in the game, and I need I kind of feel like I need to feel really comfortable with paying that much. Like with Salah, I know that I'm going to get good returns from him over a consistent period because he, he, I just I just know I am but I'm just looking at City just thinking I don't really know what I'm going to get from City I don't really know what I'm going to get from De Bruyne and it's it's putting me off them so I, I think amazingly I'm, I'm going to dodge City altogether oh, my plans I, I don't think you're going to be alone I was listening to the Always Cheating podcast and um, both Josh and Brandon were saying much the same and it surprised me and, and you know go back to the Friday and I was like well there's no way, looking at those fixtures, we're going to go without a City asset. And, and you know, and I've got to admit, sitting here now, I'm thinking I've probably made a mistake. And had I not got De Bruyne in on Friday night and I still had Son, I probably would be keeping Son or going Son to Yotta. Um, yeah. The big worry is Fulham. It's Fulham at home. I, I think, you know, Burnley, I wouldn't be surprised if they're 2-0 or 3-0, something like that. You know, West Brom. Best one have looked have looked better. I I I, I don't know. I, I can't see huge. I just can't see huge returns for City. But that Fulham game, that could be the game when when suddenly it really clicks. So that's that's the one. That's the one I'm worried about. Um, mm. And I, and and with the plan I've got, which we'll talk about at the end to give a bit of suspense, um, I would have enough money to get in um, De Bruyne if I saw good signs from Burnley. So I'm I'm not completely ruling them out, but at the moment mm. I'm I'm I, I, I won't be getting any in for the Burnley game. It's mad, isn't it? Because, you know, at Crazy. the start of the season, when you looked at this spell, you know, well, I, I need to get three City attackers by then. You know, you would have done. Absolutely. And Connor, Connor Thompson in the chat. Last week, as I was saying, there's nothing that will happen that will stop me I know. Being for those pictures, even for a minus eight. I know. You're right, I Connor. did. I, li- I literally quoted me word for word. I feel like a right mug. Um, but it turns out there was something that could happen and it was getting absolutely the thing is, destroyed. I think it was, um, I think it's off who said, from uh, the wire said today on Twitter that this could be a real key time of the season because the heavy hitters have divided people. You've got people now who mm. will hold Son and won't move to De Bruyne, who have got Sterling and all this time and have held on to him. There's people with Salah and without Salah. Suddenly, there is a split in the yep. player base in terms of which heavy hitters they've got, and they can all be potential captains over this period. 
Um, you know, people are captaining Fernandez at Southampton because of the form. Some people have Fernandez, some people don't. I'm yep. captaining De Bruyne, right? But maybe that's a mistake. People who got Salah will be captaining Salah at Brighton. So this could be a really big game week for the swing. I think, it's, I think it's. I think it's huge. I think. I think. I. It was. It was obvious, and I think we called it last time. It, this fixture swing seems quite season defining for a lot of people because I think before we've we've talked about how there's been different heavy hitters and how you could, in theory, make three different teams and all would be viable, which we probably haven't seen in previous seasons. But even with that, people still kind of had the same players. You know, you talk about heavy hitters. I mean, you know, most people started the season with a Bamiyang and then switched him for De Bruyne. Everyone had Salah. Then everyone switched to Kane and so on. Like, you could say, you know, you, you did have the odd people with like Fernandez and with Vardy and with these other guys and with Mane and, and stuff like that. But majority of people had the kind of the same core. But I really do think now... There's, there is going to be a massive division in, in terms of who people have got. And I think, you know, people with Fernandez are going to be getting twitchy with him for, for no real reason, other than the fact that they think that, that De Bruyne um, is, is is essential going forward, or they might be getting Salah back in and, and stuff like that. So there's there's loads of different ways that, that... I mean, I even thought about doing Fernandez back to Salah because I've got the money to do it. And then I've kind of thought, ah, Fernandez hasn't done anything to really warrant me getting rid of him after one week getting 11 points looking brilliant and scoring in, in midweek it seems a bit, a bit too much of a luxury move but you know you 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 look at those you look at those three games United have got with with Southampton West Ham and and uh, City and you look at Salah and you look at De Bruyne and you think mm, maybe out of the three of them Fernandez maybe is the one that you did want uh, the least out of the, out of the three of them it's really t- I mean it's really well, tough if just I hold on. Stats on the heavy hitters. Just hold on. Well, well, I was going to change the order of the show, but I'm not going to. I'm going to look at the player data. Then we're going to look at Yotta, and then we're going to go back to heavy hitters and Fernandez. Because oh, okay. obviously, the question nice. is, are we going to look at Yotta as an alternative to Salah now? Because yeah, we could, we could. So let's look at player data next. And the reason why I say that is because of where Yotta appears in this table. This is player data over the season, sorted by minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty. Right out the top, Calvert-Lewin, 112 Number minutes. Number three is... Well, Haller's gone in there with very few minutes, obviously, <laughs> right? So he's on 121.1 minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty. But then just below them, you know, you've got Mane and Kane. And there's Yotta, 135.9 minutes yeah. per expected goal involvement, non-penalty. So he's just under Kane um, and ahead of Salah, who's on 156 minutes per non-penalty goal involvement. So he, for that particular stat, he's stronger than Salah. Yeah. And it just surprised me that he was right up there all of a sudden. Four goals for the season, 21.9 minutes per chance. You know, to put that into perspective, Salah's on 21.1. So Yotta is getting chances at almost identical rate to Salah so far, which yeah, is I crazy, mean, I, isn't it? I don't think it's that surprising because, I mean, he's been, he's been bought off he's being bought off the bench isn't he so he's he's playing against tired legs he's, he might be playing when they're chasing games when they're more attacking or might be playing when teams have already kind of given up a bit and they've got more license to attack um it would yeah it, it would it would worry me if he wasn't down there because you know that if he's if he's literally just getting um tap-ins or, or or whatever like one chance in his 20 minutes and it's a bit more worried but i mean at least it shows that he is when he's on the pitch he is he is getting those chances i mean the, tr- the trouble with Yotta is that I still look at it's, it's that question of you look at what is Liverpool's strongest team, and I, I, is Yotta in that strongest team? Is he has he done enough to break into the Firmino, Mane, and, and Salah trinity that's worked so well for them for years, or is he going to be someone who 
I mean, he, I don't think they can, they can't pinch him at the moment because he, yeah. he's just offering, he's offering too much for them. So I think definitely in the short term, he's, he's a pick, but he, he does, he just, he feels wrong. He just, he feels, he feels like he feels Do, wrong. Does he have... feel wrong for you? Okay. Well, let, I mean, I've yeah. got some more data before we go and look at that. Just to mention of De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandes, because they're right, they're on the top 30, but they're right down there. So De Bruyne, 184 minutes per goal involvement non-penalty and Bruno 193.5 so they're in the top 30 but they're nowhere near of the level of the likes of Yotta, Mane and Salah so you know as midfielders go they're not they're not competing at that level but let's look at Yotta's data amongst the, the Liverpool trio that you just mentioned there so this is since he came into the side this is from game week three basically um this is, um, you know, he's had four goals so far from four starts, all at home, of course. Um, mm. But it's 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 the points as well. Look, 37 points from the four starts. That's better than Mane. And Mane's had six starts in that spell. Um, so he's right up there with Salah in terms of, of FBL points. And the, the other data stands up as well. Shots on target, 10 compared to Salah's 11. Again, in fewer minutes. Chances created, he's not someone who creates chances for others. That's where Salah's got that added dimension. But in terms of goal threat, he can compete with Mane and Salah when he's on the pitch. That's clear from that data there. Um, but then the table below, when we're looking at can we afford to go Yotta over Salah, it's not It's not alone. So very often we we try and get the cheaper option and hope that that's going to be cover. Mm. Coverage, your favourite. <laughs> it's, it's not the headline is it's not right you're not going to be able to get Yotta over Salah and think that's going to cover it all the data shows that Salah you know minutes per part he's receiving the ball um, more often minutes per goal is higher than Yotta minutes per shot is just higher minutes per shot in the box is higher but the, the you know he's having more penalty area touches it's chance creation as well and obviously Salah has penalties so there's too much in Salah's favour but is that enough for you to spend the extra on him? That's the thing. Is is Yossa going to be, because of his price tag, going to be enough cover of that Liverpool attack if it means we can keep Fernandes and De Bruyne? Oh, it's such a good question. It's such a good question. I wish I had the answer. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think the the the, the double up looks ideal, um, especially for that full-on game. You know, I'm I'm looking at, at, at Salah and, and Yotta for that, and thinking that that could be gold. I mean, the thing the thing with Yotta is, I know I was a bit negative about him, but his price is just such. He feels like he's not he's not a nine million risk. He's a, he's a no. six point. He he's a most six, six pay price mind. risk. Is, yeah. is is what is why I'm thinking of getting him in because if I'm looking at Mo pay versus Yotta, it's it's like could not be more different in terms of potential and in terms of like you know, the teams they play for and, and everything. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Yotta, like if you're just, I think if you're just looking at Yotta as a, as an option, um, I think he's a good pick. So if you're looking at it like that and, and you've got other heavy hitters in who you think are going to do well, then I don't think, you know, I, I don't think Salah is essential over the run because I think there's other players who, who could equally do well. And Yotta is a good pick. So I don't think you look at it. I don't think you can look at it as Yotta covers Salah. It's, it's like, you know Salah's probably going to do quite well. Is Yotta going to do well for his 6.6 million price tag? I think he probably is. So he's a good pick. If you think Salah's going to do well compared to the likes of Fernandez, De Bruyne, Vardy, then you get him as well. But then you accept there's other players who who could equally yeah. do well. So 
yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's quite, it's, it's not quite as simple as thinking like thinking like that. The double up is 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 definitely an option. I think you know from from that from that Fulham game, I think that's going to be how a lot of people go. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I am, I'm, I'm probably going to get Yotta. I'm going to cave in. I think this week. Yeah, I mean, I think Luke said that it's a, it's a bit of a no-brainer. It's a bit of a gift, and and going and going back to that player data when you know when he's right up there as he is, you you can't deny that. I don't think. Um, but and it shouldn't um, be that we don't go about Salah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I and I think you know you you, you you always need to have Salah in in the back of your mind if, if you don't have him. I mean, you know, I've I've been burnt. I've the thing is it's, it's tricky because I've I've done I've done well without having Salah in the past. I didn't have him um, after lockdown started last year, and I went for Sterling instead, and that got me loads and loads of points. Um, I tried it the year before that, and then the week I sold him, Salah got that hat trick against Bournemouth. I mean, looking back at it, why I sold Salah before he had Bournemouth seems criminal, really. But oh, that hat trick at Bournemouth! I was dancing around the room for that. Oh, Captain that was, in that, that, was game. that was really bad. And uh, someone actually messaged me earlier and um, and said, uh, despite you advising me to get Lacazette, um, you know, we're, you know, uh, glad you're doing well or something. And um, I was I was thinking about it, and then he reminded me that, that was the same week. So we both went for Lacazette in that week sold Salah Salah got a hat trick Lacazette went off at 45 minutes so he did that on my on my recommendation so uh yeah so that's that's at least you followed this thing to black box at least oh, you yeah. followed your own advice yeah, oh, yeah. if only we were doing that last season I'd have <laughs> taken you apart on that one know, but yeah I, I mean I think let's look at the heavy hitters now because I think that this is where it gets interesting because I got Fernandez in for Salah and yep. the tactic in my back of my head was mm-hmm. always Fernandez would be the one to go, maybe even this week, to get Salah back. And then I started looking deeper into the data. What I'm showing you here is since Fernandez played his first game for United, if you compare him to the other heavy hitters, and we've got Son, Kane, Sterling, Salah, De Bruyne, Mane and Vardy. So he has got 181 points since he played his first game for United, more than any other heavy hitter on offer. So he outscores Son, Kane, Salah, the whole lot. Salah, since Fernandez's first start, Salah has got 151 points compared to Fernandez's 181. And it's not to do with minutes played because Fernandez is earning a point every 10.2 minutes compared to Salah's 12 minutes per point. So Fernandez, since he arrived, according to that data, is a better heavy hitter option than even Salah. And look at that team goal involvement. Fernandez yep. has got 25 goal involvement <laughs> since he's arrived. He's been involved in 58% of their goals since he arrived, compared to Salah yep. down there on 40% of Liverpool's. It's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, that just surprised me. So what yeah, do you make of that? Uh, well, it it doesn't really surprise me because I'm you know you look at the other players on that list and, and Salah Salah's form drip, drip drops massively when Liverpool's form drops off mm. when they'd already won the league. Um, Sterling's form got better after lockdown, but he still wasn't good right up until when was it March or, or whenever it was. Um, you know, you've got players like De Bruyne, Mane, and Vardy down there who are sort of bottom of that table. Who, who I think are, are surprising. That I mean, they're, they're not. That's not. They're not bad returns. None of these are bad returns. But no, yeah. Compared compared to Fernandez, it's it's like he just hasn't he hasn't dropped off at all since since he signed. He's just been consistently consistently great. And United have been inconsistent in terms of what they've been doing but Fernandez is always there getting points and getting returns um it always felt to me that if I was getting Fernandez in that would be it 
and he'd be in. And so, is that how you feel about it now? It is. I mean, I've, like I said earlier, I have, I have, I'm leaving myself the opportunity to get to get um, De Bruyne in for for Fernandez for that Fulham game, just because I can't really see another way to to do it with the strategy I've got. Um, but it could it could be it could be the case of switching back to Fernandez depending on. It's, it's really hard because you, you you know with, with with players like this you. I like I like late riser strategy of of switching between them, but when when teams have got decent games, you know we've seen that that taking players out who have got decent games and good form for other players who've got decent games and different form is is massively risky. So I'm I'm not I'm not ruling anything out, um, but I have I just haven't seen anything from Fernandez to make me think that, that his form's going to drop because no. I, I did that article over the international break which was looking at his numbers and his numbers are just getting better every week like he's 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 just getting his, his form at the start of the season wasn't that great he was still getting some points but now his stats are even better and he's getting points so all the all the signs point to him just continuing to deliver um i think it, it depends on what de bruyne does if city look labored again against against burnley then i think i might i might keep him but if if city really do look like they're kind of clicking again against I just, going going into Man City versus Fulham without any City attackers with Fernandez away at West Ham, which I think is going to be quite a tough game for them. And I haven't got huge amounts of value tied up in Fernandez anyway. Um, you know, it's, it, even if I just did the transfer and then did it back and just took the four-point hit, it almost seems worth it just to captain De Bruyne for that Fulham game. See, my head's all over the place. I don't really know what. Yeah, I don't really know, well, <laughs> I don't really know well, what the play is. It's really tough. Just want to bring up the fixtures again. Yeah, Fulham in game week 11, right? So you can keep De Bruyne. I mean, I'm looking at it and going, right, I'm going to keep De Bruyne for Burnley and Fulham. But it's game week 12 when Liverpool go to Fulham. That's when you want Salah back. And where I was looking before at Fernandes making way, the data that we've just been through Mm. now makes me think it's going to be De Bruyne who makes way. Because one, it's an easier trade because I don't need as much money. And two, even though City have got West Brom at home after that, I think Fernandes probably is going to go on showing form that's going to mean that he's the better option. I mean, certainly, you know, that data suggests that will be the case because he hasn't put a foot wrong since since he's arrived. He's been the best FBL asset. So why do we think he's now disposable? I mean, it really has surprised me. Well, the one thing is penalties, right? And, you know, that's the second table we've got here shows over the same period since Fernandes arrived, game week 25 last season, minutes per goal involvement, non-penalty, he is bottom of that. So if you take penalties out of it, amongst the heavy hitters, he's got a goal involvement every 210 minutes, whereas Salah's right at the top, 127 minutes. Mm. So Salah doesn't need penalties to have goal involvements. Fernandez, in order to compete with the other heavy hitters, does. Now that makes me realise that Salah is the still the special one, if you like, amongst the heavy hitters, because he's got penalties as well as this goal involvement outside of pens. Whereas Fernandez does rely on them for goals. We know that, yep. right? And it's clear from this he does. But FPL points don't lie. And you've got to remember, expected data is only, you know, how valid is it? How, you know, because Fernandez, when he scores a goal, it's always a low XG rating because he scores from distance yep. often, right? And his assists are often low XG rating because he passes to Martial and he bangs a 25-yarder in. So <laughs> he's not going mm. to register good expected data from that kind of event. So I don't think we can be too much into it, but there is something in that. What I take from that is we've got to get Salah back, I think. That's what I take from that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, th- so th- this list, this list, I think, is is so key for, for 
for going forward. So just for anyone listening on the podcast, on this list, the heavy hitters that we're looking at, I think you've nailed them, Mark, is Fernandez, Son, Kane, Sterling, Salah, De Bruyne, Mane, Vardy. And I think everyone's going to be aiming to have at least three, three of those. Maybe more if you can, if you have a Suchek or a Brewster or something like that, that you're happy with. So if you're if you're building a team from scratch, I would probably make the case that the three I'd go with would be Salah, De Bruyne, and Vardy. Would, would you? you? Would you argue with that? Would you pick? Yeah, three I'd, ones? I'd go Salah, Fernandez, and Kane at the moment. So you'd have you'd have Fernandez over Vardy, even if you had the choice of, of them all. I'd have Kane over Vardy and Fernandez and Salah in my midfield at the moment. Um, but I mean, I'm going to Bruyne because of fixtures. And nothing else. Okay. So I'm without. I'm going to be without Salah only while if if you know while City have those good fixtures and maybe I'll get off De Bruyne in order to get Salah in for twelve, which is my thinking. But if I if I was wild carding today, I would probably have. Yeah, I'd probably have to say I'd, I'd go De Bruyne, Fernandez, and Kane. But it'd be very close between De Bruyne and Salah, despite the fixtures, because of what we've seen. De Bruyne, Fernandez, and De Bruyne, Fernandez, and Kane. At the moment, that's what I've got. So you wouldn't moment. have Salah. Well, I think, <laughs> I think De Bruyne's fixtures are, you know, in the in the two games he's got coming up. Yeah, I think De Bruyne could De Bruyne's a must, but outscore. surely you'd go Salah over Kane. Mm, don't know. Wow, see that's really, that's really that's really interesting. I don't know. Not not not. Kane's having his best season ever, right? Statistically, in terms of goal return, gains of goal involvements, and every stat, he's having his best season ever. And Spurs look like they're title contenders, believe it or not. So I don't think necessarily the fixtures are going to be too much of a problem for Kane. I think he's still going to get points. So I'm reluctant to sell Kane at the moment. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about. So, so you, say, you've, say you've just started your team from scratch. You're just picking three, three of them. If I was wild prices, today, yeah. Mm. Yeah, See, I mean, it's, it's tempting just to go Bamford, isn't it, up front with Calvert Lewin. And, yeah. and Watkins or Brewster maybe, but and then pile it, it into midfield. It's true. This is this is my point though. Like it's hard. It's hard to pick three, just three of the best ones without factoring in the fact that factoring in the fact is that even a thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> it without is now. <laughs> without factoring in the fact, oh, I lost my mind. Um, you said it twice. Got, so it must be. For I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Just keep just keep repeating it. But you know, you, you'll, you'll be you're, you're not you're not just buying them. You're selling. You're, you're taking the risk that the players you're selling. Are, are gonna are gonna fail. So like, you know, I'm I'm looking at if I bring in Yotta this week, then I'm taking Kane out for Vardy for a hit, and so that's a four points in it. If I'm if I'm looking at moving Fernandez to Salah, I'm banking on Fernandez not scoring points against Southampton and Salah scoring more to justify it. it all of these moves feel like feel like a risk, but at the same time, that's where that's where Laterizer does well, and I think this this hopefully is going to be a good period for him because he's. If he gets it right, like he so often does, he'll be able to juggle these heavy hitters in in a. There feels like there's a way of juggling these players around in perfect combinations, which maximizes the points. Well, there from is. All of them. There, there is. I mean, if, you if only we knew it, what it was. Hit it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there clearly is going to be right in the next three or four weeks. There's a perfect combination, right? Yeah, that's what and, I mean. And, but, and it's, it's it's whether it's because you've got two ways of playing it. I think you, you pick your three and you stick with them. 
and mm-hmm. you and you don't you don't do the the switch the switcheroos and you 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 just accept that there's going to be points coming from Salah but you haven't got him and there's going to be points coming from here but hopefully your players are going to continue to to trickle in and, and match or outscore those ones or you go the opposite way and you just sack off everyone else in your squad just say okay it doesn't matter if I've got Mopay doesn't matter if I've got Suchek doesn't matter if I've got these guys they're they're not the priority the priority is hitting mm. City at home against Fulham and then getting Salah in for that Fulham game. And, you know, doing the hokey-cokey around. And it's a more exciting way of playing it, but it mm. is a much riskier way of playing it because there's no reason. I think Mane, Mane probably on this list is the one that um, he's, he would be bottom of my of my pile. Mm. Um, you know, Sterling hasn't hasn't set the world alight, but has the fixtures to, to do well. So I'd put him above Mane. But everyone else on this list, I think if you've got them, you, you've got to feel confident that they're going to get some points over the next next four or five weeks. Yeah. It's really but it's, just, it's, it's just for me, minutes per point, Fernandez right out on top means that to me, when I look at getting Salah back, it's going to be De Bruyne, I think, now who makes way. Unless, obviously, we see form from mm. De Bruyne in the next two. But that's what I'm thinking now because I just think, yeah. I mean, you, you can't discount penalties because United are going to keep getting penalties. Yeah. Um, of all the teams, they're most likely to get the most based on what we've seen the last few seasons. So, yeah, and it's a very interesting dive into the data here and that's that's made me think now that come game week 12 when I need Salah back it will be De Bruyne that I look to sell unless De Bruyne has an incredible run yeah he gets two. double two lots of double digit returns against Burnley well he might and do Fulham. and he could do right and you yeah. talked about late riser he's got Sterling and De Bruyne right so he's yeah. heavy on City and this mm. is what I'm talking about this is going to be a crucial game week because there's that big difference between the, our teams in terms of the heavy hitters and our captains and you know, this is this data is at the core of that, and we'll see how it turns out. Um, it's, ex- it's exciting, but it's also awful. Like I feel, scary. I feel sick. I feel sick yeah. looking at this table. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, there's some really <laughs> difficult. I mean, this is when when people say, "Oh, this game's all about luck." It's not because there's a great deal of skill in looking ahead and going right. How do I want to target mm. my heavy hitters? How do I want to move them about? and try and get the optimum selection. Obviously, the luck is whether or not the points come in, but the decisions that we make, that's where the skill is here. If you make your decisions well and the luck goes with you, obviously you're going to get rewarded. But it's hard to even come to those decisions and justify yeah. right. When I get to game week 12, am I going to make the decision to get rid of De Bruyne and get Salah in when City's fixtures remain good? We'll have to see when we get there, but that's what I'm thinking right now, which is very different to how I was last Friday. Yeah. Um, this data's maybe get there. Let's quick look at our wash lists. Let's just go through these quickly because there's not too many surprises in here. Um, so looking at defence and keepers, I'll put Darlow in because obviously he's done so well for Newcastle and their fixtures Darlow. are good. If you're going to get Darlow. Darlow in your team. I'm not going to get him in, but he's obviously one of the keepers. <laughs> that. Well, I'd, having said that, if I was, you know, I'm going to be wildcarding in 16. So my keeper will probably change at that point, but I'm not going to change it before then. I don't see why because McCarthy's done well mm. enough. So, Goalkeeper transfers are never a good idea. And while while your 4.5 is doing well, and Martinez will do well because his fixtures are strong. Um, so I don't think many people will be changing their keeper coming up. Um, if I was, Darlow would be in my thinking, along with Martinez, Gaeta, Neslia and Fabianski, who's the top rated keeper. Surprise, surprise. He's back at the top where he used to be for Swansea. Um, in defence, um, Van Arnold is the player I'm looking at. If I don't go with City defender tonight, Palace have got the early kickoff. Van Arnold's a player I've always liked. They're at home to Newcastle. This is for Trent. Yeah, I'm tempted. Very tempted. <laughs> that feels a big old pun, that does. Oh, it is a pun, but 
in a defensive punt, so you're getting in another punt. Well, they're playing Newcastle, and it's the early kickoff. It give me a you know make fantasy fun, as as Brandon and Josh say. Certainly would having Van Aan surely you get a city defense. Surely yeah. you do. That's, it's yeah. probably more than likely. Yeah. So Diaz and Cancelo are in my <laughs> watch list, and they're in your watch list as well. And and yeah. now we're kind of I'm kind of leading towards Diaz because of the the anxiety of yeah, I don't blame Pep's you. team sheets. Yeah. So and Tellers we've already talked about, so no need to dwell too much on our our watch lists in defence. Um, going into midfield, Salah's on my watch list, obviously because mm. he's got a big. He's not on my team now, but also Lookman has gone in there because of his recent form for Fulham, and as we saw with the data, Fulham's attack pepping up a bit over the last four. And Theo, are you took? I took him out. You mocked me when I put Theo Walcott in. <laughs> But got his goal at Wolves, looking lively while Ings is out. But yeah, he's not. It's not going to happen because of Yotto, is it? But no, I just but put I mean, it in there to tease you. It's it's good that his partnership with with Adams is is looking good because you you we worried how they would do with without Ings. Mm. Um, but that that looks there's a lot of they seem to have a good understanding already. So mm. yeah, I mean I I like Theo Walker. I'm glad to see him him going back to Southampton and scoring goal. It's a nice. So I'm just looking at my watch list. I think this could use a bit of a refresh. I've got Bale, yeah. and Bamiyang, and Barkley on there. Yeah, I yeah, probably, come on. Yeah, maybe spend a bit of time. Maybe a bit, spend a bit of time sorting that out. You need to cull uh, that, I week. think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, but Yotta's definitely in there. <laughs> what is about? Um, I mean, he, heavy hitters. What's going We're on? talking about heavy hitters. I know. What is going on with a Bamiyang? I, I mean, I, I thought I had, I had him in that list, and I thought, no, I'm not to take him out. He's no. not really a heavy hitter anymore, is he? No. I mean, I had him down to be one of the top scorers in the game this year yeah. with his with his new classification, with what he was what he'd done for Arteta. You know, the new contract I thought was only going to be a good thing since he signed that. Yeah, I don't think he scored has he since he signed that he's contract. Got one goal, I think, from the spot. Um, unbelievable! From the spot, unbelievable! Unbelievable! Yeah, and, and I think he could have been a forward. I mean, we were all going, "Oh, as a midfielder, he's going to absolutely." Yeah, yeah, he's going to smash it, isn't he? He's going to be in everyone's teams. Certainly, he was in our teams at the start because of the fixtures. But he isn't going to get back in this season, is he? No, he's not, not going to be not a fa- unless they get not... a double game week, maybe. But yeah, but he, he, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's got a chance of of getting in. He just, he's already shown. I mean, we're you know we're now nine weeks in, mm. um, and he's shown that he can go sort of eight games without without scoring. It's God, and I, I don't know what has happened to Arsenal. I really thought Arteta was going to get them kicking on this season and they, they just look they took out of ideas in every game I see mm. them play mm. yeah it's just not happening and up front the only new addition for me I've just put Abraham in there because he's a player look, mid-price yeah. striker and yeah. you know decent form looks like he's getting regular starts Giroud's not getting in the Premier League team and it's just whether when Pulisic is back whether Werner goes central which we presume will happen um, I can't see Werner and Pulisic being in rotation out on the left but um, really amongst our forwards you know Watkins and Bamford are probably the standouts. If you're going a heavy hitter, it's still Vardy and um, Jesus and Aguero. I guess Aguero can sneak back into this now. Yeah, probably. Probably Jesus is is is, is running out of time. Really, I don't really know what's going to happen with those two. I mean, Abraham, I really like. I mean, I, I did briefly think about him as a as a as a Mope replacement. I think the issue is exactly what you just said. I, I don't know what's going to happen when when Pulisic is back. Um, also, Giroud's there, and I just think Abraham Abraham could be quite an easy sacrifice if Chelsea maybe aren't doing so well. Yeah. Um, you know, as he's kind of, because he can switch things up, he can move Werner up front, he can bring Giroud on, he can do things. And I don't know. I I, I do like Abraham. I think, I think you know, he, he's an underrated player. I think what he's done for Chelsea 
Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that Chelsea have gone on this really good run when Abraham's been playing more minutes because he seems to be. He took his goal well. Yeah, he's 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 got confidence at the moment. He's he's holding the ball up well. He's letting other he's bringing other players into the game in the way that Werner can't do when he plays up front. So mm. I think he's been really important for Chelsea. Um, I just think as an FPL option, I I think there's probably better. Yeah, there is. I, I, it's going to be fascinating when Pulisic is fit. He's going to be tempted to put Werner up the middle, and then it's does it work with Werner there? Because if it doesn't, we're going to see rotation with Abraham, Pulisic and Werner yeah. all the time, aren't we? And then it's a nightmare because suddenly those three are out and then it is to see actually that's it. That's the only option yeah. you've got, really. So we'll have to see. Let's quickly go through the fixtures one by one. Yeah, Palace at home to Newcastle is the early kickoff. I, I, I like an early kickoff on a Friday now. I didn't when they first came on, but I don't have a player in that. And um, the reason why I'm, I'm looking at Pat is because Zaha might not play. Obviously, the COVID situation probably mm-hmm. won't play. Pat might be on pens. I would have thought, unless IU takes them again. <laughs> I know, you know, you're jesting, but I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled out an attacking return in that game. And Newcastle, that. Newcastle were dreadful. Yeah, the fixtures, the fixtures aren't mm, great. Bit of a mixed uh, bag, aren't they? West yeah, Brom, they are. which is decent. Then yeah. Spurs, West Ham, Liverpool, Villa, Leicester. Mm, oh, I wouldn't. Have yeah, I don't want to book a transfer in. That's it. If they had better yeah. fixtures and I could keep him longer. I'm going to have another look. After the show, I am going to look, but it's probably going to go to Diaz. It's probably where I'm going to go. Mm. I'm not going to risk it until I... But Palace, Newcastle, I reckon 1-0 Palace there. Newcastle looked awful at the moment. I mean, it's just so negative, weren't they, against Chelsea? Yeah. just didn't even go toe-to-toe with them at all, any time in the match. No, I know. And and it's, it's happened after I called them an attacking side. They've been they've been awful attacking since I said that. So thanks. Thanks, Newcastle. But at the same well, time, they haven't had Wilson, they haven't had no. Fraser, they so Maximan hasn't looked right. They've you know, this yeah, there's 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 issues there. I, I just think, you know, you talk about looking forward to a Friday game. I can't think of anything worse than watching that. That's nil nil. Yeah. Thank God it's not pay per view <laughs> anymore. I think one nil yeah. palace. Uh, okay, how do you think your boys will do against Liverpool? The early kickoff oh. on Saturday. It could be a mess, I mean, couldn't it? I mean, do you, you, know, do you the, think the, you'll get thrashed? Probably. <laughs> I think. I think we we did well against Villa. Uh, it was a it was a tough game to watch at times. I think we we deserved it in the end. the The last five minutes was was dreadful. Um, you know, Lamptey getting sent off and the penalty and and holding on. It was all. It was just, it was carnage. But it was a. You know, that's the kind of game that I want to see Brighton win. It's just kind of a scrappier game that they, they get points in, not a game where they're particularly playing amazingly well and lose 2-0. Like, it was nice to see them fight for, fight for a win in that. Um, I mean, I just think Liverpool, Liverpool are too good for us and, and we're, going, we're, not, we, we, we're going to attack them, uh, which is good because I think teams that do better against teams like Liverpool and City are the ones that do actually go for it a bit and don't just let them invite pressure in all the time. Um, so I think we'll score. I think we'll get at their centre-backs. I think it'll probably be 3-1. Oh, you bet. Yeah, I was going to say three-one. I think that's a good scoreline. Mm. Um, City Burnley I, I won't be five-nil, perhaps, even though it has been the last three times. But I will go. I think they'll get a three-nil win. I think they'll they'll score more than one. It depends when the first goal goes in. If they if they do what they did or have been doing and struggling to get a goal in the first half, then nicking one in the second half and then managing it out. But hopefully, we'll see a bit more of what we expect from City in a three-nil. I'm going for. What are your thoughts? I think anything less than three 0 for City, and, and you're going to be and people are going to be worried and, and really yeah. asking themselves if 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 they can because I think at the moment they're they're what mid table or or maybe just even just under mid table and already you're thinking can they really get all these points back on teams like Spurs and Chelsea and Liverpool? I think you know I think they need to make a statement now and they need to they need to really go at these teams and and win. 
is Aguero, I mean, is Aguero going to be back? Is is he fit? Is he is he ready to to start? He was um, on the bench, came on tonight, but I don't yeah. I don't think he's ready to start. I don't know. I I don't I don't think they're going. I think they're going to win two 0 I don't think they're going to hit the three, and I think there's still okay. going to be some question marks over them. Right. Uh, Everton leads lots of goals here. You'd have thought. I mean, the lead mm. to playing at the moment, and way Everton have been defending, but it'll be interesting if he keeps the wing backs. I'm going to go a one all draw. I don't think there's going to be too much in this. Too tight for me. I'm going to go three all. Three all. Yeah, it could be. I mean, this is the kind of game it could be. Leeds are going to be in that kind of game this season, right? So. I don't think either team can defend. So I think they both. I mean, well, I mean, it's a bit harsh on Leeds to be honest, because they they kept a clean sheet against Arsenal, um, in in a really good performance. You know, performance that again that we've we've seen a lot of of from them this season. I think I, I don't think I don't think Everton are going to be able to deal with quite a lot of what Leeds throw them. But equally, I don't think Leeds are going to be able to deal with a lot of what Everton throw at them. So, well, yeah, hopefully it's not too exciting. Should be a good game. Exciting, it should be. Um, because I don't know what you're doing at eight o'clock on Saturday. You can forget Strictly because uh, you can forget I'm a celeb because at eight o'clock <laughs> oh, is West Brom oh. versus Sheffield United. <laughs> oh, which yes. on paper, if that's anything but nil-nil, I'd be very surprised. But I don't know. I mean, do you see it going any other way than nil-nil? I, th- I think Sheffield United will win that one. Do you? At last and form for me. I, yeah, I think, I think West Brom have looked a lot better hmm. defensively than I thought they were capable of. I mean, you know, only losing... Um, only conceding a couple of goals to, to both United and, and Spurs must do them I say it must do them a lot of confidence I mean losing probably doesn't really do confidence they're not that, whipping expected... boys like I said are they no, no exactly I, I think a lot of people were expecting them to get hammered by, by both of those teams and they didn't um, they just don't offer much going forward do they I mean <laughs> they really don't I mean not, nor does Sheffield United but no. I think Sheffield United are, are a better side and if they don't beat West Brom then they're in big trouble they're in it, um, aren't they? They're in it already, but they're... Yeah, they are. We keep looking to them to make get a result and start playing their way out of it, and this this will have to be their turning point. I, you know, I'm I'm thinking of starting Brewster. I'm torn on that, not to do it. One-nil. Um, one-nil. I'm, I'm going to go, yeah, two-nil Sheffield United. I think you're right. I think oh, I thought you said a draw. We go for the no, nil-nil. I was only joking. I was only joking. <laughs> Just didn't do nil-nil. Got to play Brewster um, then. Well, we'll see. Southampton versus Manchester United. Very, very tough one to call this because yeah. Southampton are capable of getting a result here. But it's the Fernandes factor for me. And away from home, he's even more affected normally. You know, that it's, it's away from home that he's getting his biggest hauls. That's where he's... And obviously on the counter, they've got Rashford and Martial. Southampton, I think someone mentioned once they played quite a high line. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> so I wonder if that will materialise again. What are your thoughts here? <laughs> Go on, say it if you want. I think it's I think it's a good game for United. Um, yeah, I think the the pace they've got is 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 well suited. I think I think Southampton played with that high line against Chelsea, and it was too easy for them for Chelsea at times. I know, I know. In the end, did they did they drew that game? Didn't they against, three against all, Chelsea? Yeah. Or, or three or yeah. So, but you know, at times they just got carved open. And if they do the same with with Martial and Rashford and. Fernandez feeding them, and it's, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a nightmare again, especially as United have tightened up, like you've said. So, I don't mm. think it's going to be a three all. Um, I think United will win it. I think it'll I think it'll be a, a, a two, two nil, two one, uh, two, two nil. I'll go I'll go two nil. Two, two nil, nil is what I think as well. I can't. I mean, looking at that data we saw earlier, Southampton aren't really creating too many chances. United's defence is second ranked for the last four, so you've got to think United probably won't concede. 
and I just think they'll get a couple. Chelsea Spurs, this is a crack. I mean, this this is the game, right? If you're going to yeah. a garden centre on Sunday, make sure you're back for 4.30 is all I can say. Oh, yeah. Find a reason to get home um, if you're seeing family or whatever. Well, I guess you're not at the moment, so it's quite handy. But Chelsea versus Spurs, I mean, should be a crack. I mean, cracker. I can't predict really where this is going to go. I'm going to go, I'm going to hope for a goal fest because I've got Kane. So I'm going to go two all. I'm going to go the complete opposite because whenever oh. I get excited for a game, it's a massive disappointment. Uh, I reckon a really cagey nil-nil. No, surely not. <laughs> not with Arsenal Wolves to come as well because that is going to be oh, there, I think. Yeah. Come, uh, Chelsea, goals, Chelsea, Chelsea and Spurs, uh, you saw it with United and Chelsea. It just neither manager wanted to go for it and neither manager wanted to win and it ended up being one of the worst games of football oh, I've ever no. seen. We won't get um, that, will we? I think we might get that again. Yeah. I'm just really hoping for an early goal. An early goal changes everything, but I think it's going to be proper case. It's funny because I'm probably going to start James and Chilwell on the basis that it could be either a goal fest or a mm. nil-nil. Either, either there's going to be an early goal and both teams are going to go for it, or there's not going to be an early goal and they're just going to play it out and take a point each. I think you're right. So which are we going to get? Hoping for the former, but yeah. on fancy terms, a nil-nil would suit me, but... Well, I've got Kane, but I'll have two Chelsea defenders. So mm. I'd back Chelsea if I was if I had if I was going to pick one. I, I would back Chelsea okay. to win it. Uh, I'm going to yeah. go for the draw. Uh, Arsenal Wolves. I think. God, <laughs> come on, Samedo. This is your last I chance just, in my team. <laughs> I can't see goals at all in this because Wolves no. have struggled. Wolves have. I mean, they didn't really convince me last time out against you know against Southampton. Wolves again. Jimenez had one shot really hit the post of it and got the assist, but he struggled for chances. Podent started at least, but Podent has got to go. I think for me, I just can't see <laughs> either team offering too much in terms of attacking threat here, but I'll go one all. I mean, what has happened? What has happened to football where Arsenal, I mean, you know, in the previous season, I mean, last yeah. year, Arsenal Wolves would have been a great yeah. game. And, yeah. you know, we, we were so excited to see Wolves this season back and they've changed their squad around. It's just, they're just, it's not right. They're just boring, and Arsenal were boring, and it's it probably means it's going to be like the most entertaining game of the season. It's, it's going to be like a well, four-all, like carnage. No one. That's just how this year's going, isn't it? Four-all. There you go. That's my prediction. I mean, if asked, if we could be banking on Arsenal really going at Wolves, then Wolves' counter-attacking game could come into it. But I don't even think we'll, Arsenal will do that because they're not yeah. doing it under Arteta. They're not really going full tilt against teams, are they? They're playing in a very cagey, in a I guess in a you know, in a pet way to some extent, but with lesser players, which perhaps isn't surprising. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go one all because I can't see, it could even be nil-nil. Uh, Leicester versus Fulham. Fulham, I think we'll nick one here. Leicester's defence has been strong, but Fulham's attack has looked a little more lively. I think Leicester still win. I'm going to go 3-1. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. Maybe I'll give him an extra one because I'm probably going to be getting Vardy and I'll give him a four, give him a four one. Oh, going to get right okay we'll have a look at that in a minute and West Ham Villa I back West Ham here I do think that Villa looking a bit more vulnerable I'm going to go 2-1 I think Villa will score Jack will get something but um, I think West Ham will win this 2-1 is what I'm going for there really hard one to predict mm. um, I've, I, you, you just don't really know what Villa's going to show up I mean no they weren't. They weren't very impressive against against Brighton. Um, they weren't. They they haven't been impressive in some other games. And then they've had games like Arsenal and Liverpool where they've they look like they can beat anyone. So West Ham are just solid. I just, I think West Ham mm. probably have a, have a good game plan for this one. So I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be a one 0 West Ham. 
It's, it's which is absolutely on... awful for my fantasy team in the last week, oh, the <laughs> last thing, game of the week. The other thing is Barkley's absence. If he is not fit for this, he's got a hamstring injury. And what it does to them in attacking terms, we saw Grealish struggle a bit against Bayern. Like he, it was too easy. To, I mean, they just shut him down and there was no other option. And it shows you mm. what Barkley has added. They've added that extra concern for defences where they can't just yep. hone in on Grealish. They have to worry about Barkley as well. But when Barkley's not there, Jack found it harder, I think. So whether Barkley's fit will be crucial to this. Um, so, but I'll, if I was I'll um, West Ham room. If I, if I was getting a keeper in for, for the net for probably you know until Christmas and beyond, I probably would go for Fabianski. Fabianski, yeah, because he's he's su- he's such a reliable keeper to to own. Like he's always done well for me when I've had him in. You know, West Ham's fixtures are good. Their defense is good. Um, there's a lot to like about him. So yeah, I think I think if you're wildcarding, I think he definitely has to be yeah consideration because he gets pen saves as well and save yeah, points. Yeah, there. Saves. He's he's yeah. great. I I love Fabianski. Yeah, and I think, you know, he could come out of a clean sheet here, depending on if Barkley's going to be playing or not. Okay, let's look at our teams then. So you mentioned there you're going to get Vardy in. Mm-hmm. Samedo going then, is he? No, you're going to hold Samedo. So what no, are you doing? It's... Come on then. So you've got Martinez, <laughs> Chilwell, Samedo, Aylin, Fernandez, Son, Ziyech, Grealish, Suchek, Kane and Calvert-Lewin at the moment. <laughs> Basically, I've got a lot of issues. <laughs> you, didn't, you, you said to me you hated this team. I'm not happy with it at all. I don't like I don't like having Semedo. Uh, I don't like playing Ailing. Um, I mean, you know, I probably would have played Lamptey, but Lamptey's suspended. I mean, that would have been a 50-50 call anyway. But, mm. you know, I'm playing Ailing in a game, which I think is going to be three all, because that tells you what I'm expecting from him. Um, you know, I've got Son and ZH playing each other, and I'm expecting that to be nil-nil. So that says a lot about and that. And well in that as well. And Chilwell as well, yeah. And then I've got Suchek playing my goalkeeper, so not expecting you. Oh yeah, I hadn't noticed this. Yeah. So, and then I've got Mope, who's just an absolute waste of space on my bench, and and you know I don't really know what to do with him. So, I'm 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 going to be doing Kane to Vardy because I I want Vardy as my captain this week because I think he oh. is the best captain pick Kane this week. Um, okay. I think he's I think he's a better captain pick than De Bruyne. We're going to look at captains in a minute, but yeah, I know, fair enough. Which is which is a, pr- a pretty bold statement, but um, I think I think Vardy could have a real field day against against Fulham, and, and I want him in. And uh, this is this seems like a good week to ship Kane because if I'm going to do it away at Chelsea is is a very tough game, and we've seen against City he best player on the pitch, but is that going to translate to massive hauls with the fixtures they've got? I'm not convinced, and I want to keep Son because I actually think he's so clinical at the moment. He suits the counter attacking style they've got. Um, and I can't really justify selling him from what I've seen. So he, he's going to stay. How exciting. So Kane, you're going to be on Son, I'm going to be on Kane. Yeah, wow, exactly. Okay. And I'm going to be on Vardy and you're not going anywhere near it and you're no, going to De Bruyne. No. So it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, the question then is, I mean, I think I'm probably going to need to spend four points this week. So Kane to Vardy is going to happen. Um, my two options then are either upgrade Eiling to Diaz, which is fairly similar to what, to what you're doing. Uh, don't like... Defensive transfers, definitely don't like defensive transfers for a hit, but feel like that could probably pay off over the next couple of games quite easily and probably even this week. So I don't think Leeds are going to keep a clean sheet. I think City will. So, you know, immediately that, that could be paid off. But it means putting more money into my defence. Um, so I'm not entirely sure about that. Or I've got enough money to do Suchek to Jota. What, if you do Vardy, Kane to Vardy, you can do Suchek to Jota? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you even have to comment about that? I mean, I well, don't want to lose Suchek, but <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think Suchek versus Villa is a particularly bad game for him. No, but then right. I think yeah. the potential of Yotta is 
is enormous at the moment. Mm. Um, it means sticking with Semedo. It means sticking with Eiling. It means my defence is 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 pretty crap this this week. But you know, depending on where Eiling plays, he he could get something. And Semedo, um, I, I don't really fancy. That could Arsenal be a nil-nil. Semedo and Art, yeah. It exactly. could be a nil-nil. And, and some, at the end of the day, Semedo is is a wing back, and mm. he did actually have a good chance against McCarthy. Um, in the first half of that match the other day, so yeah, yeah. I mean, the the issue is like like people have said in the chat, um, and people are saying now is that is that Yotta isn't held on, and like what happens if in two weeks Yotta suddenly becomes a problem, and I need to get rid of him? But I've got Mo. The thing is, I've got Mo Pay. Like Mo Pay. There is you a go, Mo. Exactly. But I mean, you've got to have a squad, haven't you? You've got to have a bench. If you're taking yeah. Yotta in, you've got to be prepared. I mean, having said that, he's going to come on, isn't he? If he doesn't start, he's going to come on. So yeah. if you start him, you've got to be willing to get the two pointers or the one pointers, rather. Um, the thing is, I don't want Mopay. Like someone said, no. you, you'll have a benching headache with with eight players that strong, Marco Leary. But the fact is, I don't regard Mopay as a strong option. I think no. Welbeck, Welbeck is killing him as an option. I don't know what's happening with Trossar. He's just he's injured somehow mm. and he's he's not playing. Um, Mope has no form, no confidence. He's he's snatching at chances. It's all looks like it's all going through. through quite, he's quite annoying as well, isn't he? He aggravates a lot of players on the pitch. I've noticed. I suddenly yeah, feel and... sorry for Gwendozi. Actually, I, know. I, I thought he was the villain there, but actually, Mope's giving it out a bit, isn't he? Shall we say? Well, he's he's it's, that's what he does. He's he's, he's always mm. like that. He's 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 a <laughs> he is is one of his main purposes. He's like kind of Costa in a way. He's without anywhere near the ability, but he winds people up. He grabs people. He pushes people. Yeah. He, he does yeah. he does he does all that like he's it's nice but it, it, it's great when it's going well like when brighton are winning and he's jostling players and he's like being a bit of a twat to everyone it's it's you know it's it's, it's nice and like that arsenal game was brilliant because brighton won that yeah, game yeah. and he riled them all up and it was and he got when, goal, he's, yeah. when brighton aren't doing well and he's not doing well and he's still doing it, you kind of think mate you just sort your game out before you start doing all this with Bamford and Watkins around and Antonio coming back, Mopay's got to go sooner or later. You, there's no reason to have him, is there? No. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's sorry, just quickly. I mean, to, to me, he he's the kind of the, the, the easy way into freeing up some money. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really mind having him because when I do decide that I need to get in uh, Salah or, or De Bruyne, um, then I can just lose Mopay to, to, to Brewster. I've, mm. If I've got, um, I mean, you know, if even if I keep Suchek, I still think he's a decent option. If I have got Yotta, then obviously I play him, but then I free up the money from Mopay and, and upgrade to the others. So Yotta's, I, I think um, that's probably I think that's probably what I'm gonna do. I'm probably gonna do Vardy and Yotta in. Okay, Yotta's going up tonight. You're gonna try and catch the rise or Yeah. No? Yeah. So if I, I if I if I if I if I do Yotta it'll be up again tonight. So we're both gonna he's, move he's, tonight. Yeah. Well one one okay. of them is. I'll wait okay. I'll wait to see for, for Vardy. All right. Early transfers. What are we doing? Are we making a mistake? Some will say yes. Mm-hmm. I know those. Some are. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> um, my team. So I've got. This is what I'm playing at the moment: McCarthy, Chilwell, James, Dina, Fernandez, Grealish, De Bruyne, Suchek, Brewster, Kane, Calvert Lewin. But Alexander Arnold's got to go. So there's going to be a change. Alexander Arnold will, will probably go to Diaz, and then it will be either Suchek or Brewster that makes way. Uh, but that will give me the opportunity to go Podence to Yotta as my second transfer. So I'd be taking a hit to get Yotta, but Podence finally, yeah, Podence finally makes way for his compatriot Yotta. And then I play Yotta and I play four at the back and I don't play either Suchek or Booster, um, which you know, might backfire on me. And certainly taking a hit for Yotta means he's got to get me something to level that up, right? 
But the trouble is, because he didn't play tonight, I think he will start. And if he starts against Brighton, there's every chance he's going to get something, I think, unfortunately for Brighton. I think they will get two or three goals. And at the moment, Yotta's form would suggest that if they get two or three goals, he's going to have something out of that game. So I think the four points will come back to me. And I don't fear the fact that he's a rotation risk because I've always got the likes of Suchek, Brewster or Aileen, who one of them will mm. have a decent fixture in any week. I mean, arguably I should be playing Brewster or Suchek anyway this week. So I don't worry about it. But he's, I, he's, do. I don't think he's, he's never going to be a naught minute. That's the problem no. with him. No, so you've either he's, got he's to gonna, He's going to get 20 minutes. Yeah, you've got, if you're, if you think he's not going to start, you've got to bench him. Because if you yeah. put him in, he's going to get... Exactly, yeah. yeah. But he can, I mean, he can do damage off the bench. It's, it's not mm. like, it's not a given that, you know, that's, we've seen him be, you know, like I said, he's come off against, against tired teams. He's, he's come off when Liverpool are looking for goals and he's hungry and he, and he gets them. He, he, you know, he's a player who wants to keep doing well to, to really force Klopp into saying, well, I literally, you're the first name now because I can't, I literally can't bench you. You're too good. No, that is where he is at the moment, I think. He can't bench him against Brian. Tom Freeman's in the chat saying, very tempted by yourself myself. I mean, exactly. I, it's very hard to to ignore him because like Luke says he's a gift isn't he at that price with that data in that team and he starts against Brighton I think I can't I mean why would he not start against Brighton he didn't start tonight I think he, he definitely starts against Brighton in some position I mean where would he play he probably will play four up front I don't know like he did against City but I can't see him not starting Yotta having not started him in midweek yeah Agreed. Given Yotta's form, he can't possibly, surely. I mean, he might surprise us, but I just don't see it. I think Jones will come out the team and he'll play in that role. And he'll do what he did against um, against City. He'll play the four. I mean, I really felt that with the defensive weakness, he wouldn't attack to that degree. But there was always a chance that Klopp would go, right, I'm just going to outscore these teams and we're mm. going to... And maybe that's what he's, what he's going to do. But I, I just I think mean, Yotta's too easy, too difficult to ignore. I, I have to say, um, other than Salah, obviously, I am, as a Brighton fan, worried about Yotta because he seems the kind of player who who can hurt us. Like, he's 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 tricky. He only needs... I mean, we, we do stupid things and he's a player who can quickly nip in and, and do something. If, if one of our defenders mm. switches off and the ball comes mm. over the top and he's there nicking it, like, he's... I, he worries me. If I, you know, if and when I see him on the team sheet, I'll be thinking, oh, I, I don't really... And with Lamptey out as well, I mean, he's such a massive part of the way we defend and the way we attack and the way we play now this season. Um, the replacement who's going to come in, whoever it is, because um, we haven't got Montoya. Uh, I don't even know who's going who's to play at right back for us, really. Probably Veltman, um, who, who, who isn't isn't really a right back. He's, he's got no he's pace, has he? He's got no pace. And I'm looking at looking at our defenders and thinking, oh, there's going to be space to exploit. There's going to be, he's going to cause us no end of, of issues in that game. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more a concerned Brighton fan. Yeah, well, I'm not going to have Salah. So not having anyone in that game, at least if I had Yotta in it, it gives me a bit of compensation, something to cheer for. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to do it as well. Um, then I've got a bit of a selection headache, but I think Yotta will come in and both Suchek and Bruce will be on the bench. And I play my, both my Chelsea's, just because I think they've got attacking returns in them and it could even be a nil-nil. So let's look so at captains. You'd be, doing, you'd be doing Trent to Diaz. And yeah, Trent to Diaz, Podence to Yotta. How can you play both of your Chelsea defenders? Because I play four at the back, four in midfield, two up front. I don't oh, play I Suchek or Brewster. Yeah. Oh, okay, you bench Suchek and Brewster. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow, so it's I've a got risk. both playing at the moment. <laughs> I know it's a risk. Um, okay, let's look ahead to our captain. Yeah, I mean the matrix shows that De Bruyne, Salah, Mane were the captains that we previously highlighted at this point. I hadn't highlighted Vardy. I've got him fourth on that list against Fulham. Maybe that's a disservice to him. We'll look at the data for this week in a minute. But going forward, looking ahead, you know, Salah comes in in game week twelve. That's the problem game week because we're not going to captain Spurs assets at Palace. We don't think that's often a difficult ground to go to. Vardy's got Brighton though, so if you've got Vardy, you've got the alternative there in game week yep. twelve. Um, but it's United versus City, so you, it shuts down Fernandez and De Bruyne as options possibly. So game week twelve is is the next problem week, I would say. That's where you've got to start looking at your transfers and have have a plan in mind. Um and then game week fourteen looks a problem. Looking down at that, Fernandez at home to Leeds looks a standout. Other than that, you're looking at Kane and Son at home to Leicester. Um, Salah and Mane are at Palace, which I guess you would go to. De Bruyne and Sterling at Southampton and Grealish at West Brom. So there's mm. Fernandez is by far the standout candidate yeah. there, which is another reason why I look at this and think it's going to be De Bruyne who makes way for Salah, not not Fernandez for that for that game week in mind. So that's yep. worth planning that's ahead. Yep. Let's look at game week ten, and I, I I mean this data seems to kind of come on the side of Vardy in terms of the captain. It certainly doesn't look good for De Bruyne. Looking at minutes per XGI, non-penalty, De Bruyne is down there on 184 minutes per goal involvement, non-penalty. And right at the top, you've got Calvert-Lewin, 112, Mane, 121, Kane, 129, Yotta's on there, 135.9. Vardy's only on 173.3. But when you look at the defences, the Fulham defence is by far the weakest on show along with Leeds. So they are conceding expected goal every 61 minutes, whereas you look at Burnley, they're at 83.3, and you look at obviously Southampton Chelsea, they're 87 minutes and 109.6, so they're you know, far tighter. So we expect Fulham to give Leicester a lot of opportunities mm. and Leeds to give Everton a lot of opportunities. So Calvert-Lewin and Vardy look the standouts, and you're going Vardy. Yeah, and you're going KDB, so it's a nice... Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like, I, I, I really like Vardy. I mean, he was. I, I kind of expected a bit more from him um, against Liverpool. To be honest, I thought Leicester were really poor in that game. I thought they would, they would put Liverpool under some pressure. You know, makeshift backline Milner in there and um, Jones in midfield and and Matip and stuff. But they, they never really looked threatening at all. And Liverpool just coasted, coasted to the win in the end. So they've got to, they've, they've had injuries and they've got to kind of address that. And I think it's a perfect game for them. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited to have Vardy in this one. First yeah, minute, season. minutes per shot in the box, 40.6, <coughs> which is it is low compared to the likes of Salah on 27.7 and even Yotta on 30.3. So Vardy stats doesn't look great, but it's not about him, his data. It's all about Fulham. And so, yeah, I mean, having watched Fulham against Everton, I mean, the opportunities they gave up and the room, you know, that that they had out wide and with Calvert-Lewin in the middle. It, it's just how effective that Leicester attack is going to be and can they exploit it? Um, I'd be amazed though if, if Vardy didn't get at least a goal in that game. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be like so shocked to my core if De Bruyne blanked against Burnley, but I would be shocked to my core if Vardy blanked against Fulham. That's how I Well, I, I haven't got Severt's captain. I forgot to ask him. So I will get oh. that and I will tweet that out. So look out for the tweet on that because this is a pivotal Definitely week. So I want to know. I think it is De Bruyne. I think it's going to yeah, be because he got De Bruyne in. Um, and I think he will play the same game as me. Uh, I mean, I'm copying him, if anything, going with the fixture. <laughs> I mean, I'm captaining De Bruyne on reputation, really. 
on 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 historical data and and the fact that I presume that City eventually will click and I hope it's going to be this game. So I'm taking a risk, which sounds odd, but De Bruyne at home to Burnley, in the context of what options we've got with Calvert-Lewin and Vardy, looks a risk, which is extraordinary. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about Salah at Brighton. Yeah. So this is a big week, a big week for the captaincy and, and it, it could go wrong for me. And I'm taking a hit as well. So this could be a, I could be a red arrow, staring at a red arrow here. So There's so we'll many see. players who could do well this week. This week is, is, is all, and it almost feels like it's the worst week to be taking a hit <laughs> because yeah. I kind of feel like every point is, is so precious. I mean, you know, look at Calvert-Lewin against Leeds. I really like the look of that game. Um, mm. Salah's going to be back and captained by those people against Brian, which is a great game. Fernandez, great away record, highest point scorer ever, as you showed earlier. De Bruyne, Sterling, Varda, so many picks. Like, it's so hard to, to choose who's going to get And Fernandez, most. Fernandez at Southampton could do it. Yeah, away from home, been so yeah. effective. So there's there's six or seven good captaincy candidates and not much between them. Well, it's, what can we say? Um, we're on the uh, FBL show tomorrow, as, and we're probably yep. asked about this captaincy. We're going to have to come up with something more convincing than what we've just said. There. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people perhaps. don't like it when we when we sit when we sit on the fence. Well, uh, I guess well, we're I, not. I, I think I think Vardy I think Vardy is is the best pick. It's the standard. That would be my that would be my not sitting on the fence. Uh, so mm. yeah. And I guess I'm tied into De Bruyne. <laughs> having spent spent the, you know, having gone Son out to De Bruyne, I've got to back him. I can't go yeah. back on oh, that. I that was agree. always my Absolutely. plan. I've got to follow yeah. that through. And I can't let, you know, City's form so far. I mean, that City are still creating chances, second only to Liverpool for chances created. So they're, they're having shots. They're just the quality is not good enough. But I've got to think, against a team they've beaten 5-0 the last three times, with the same manager and most of the same players. Oh, yeah. You'd yeah. expect them to get two or three goals, so we'll see. We'll see what. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say for a second he's a he's a he's a bad shout because no, you never know well, what's going to happen in that. We can't say that. So yes, um, you can catch us on the FBL show this week. Um, you'll have the Tash for tomorrow, which is great. And I spoke to the producer Tom, and he's put ten minutes aside to talk solely about the Tash. So um, <laughs> grooming. I hope he's joking. And, uh... Maybe he's not. If he's not joking, <laughs> it's going to be one of the dullest <laughs> FBL shows ever. But never mind. Yeah. Might be anyway with us on it, but we'll see. Um, so we're on that. Um, so look out for us then. And I think we're going to have a guest on very soon, aren't we? You're lining up some guests for us, aren't you? Alex? We are. Should we say who it is? Well, we could do. Should we offer some clues? He was a, a former Hall of Fame number one. Yeah. He's also we famous, might... isn't he, for a particular incident? Yeah, we might be getting a tour of his house uh, on the live on Oh, Box. yeah, I remember the <laughs> tour of his house. Oh, well, you're, you're referring to a certain um, Brexit equivalent. Mm. <laughs> the FPL we... version of Brexit. Yeah. Famous for that incident. And yeah, people who don't know him will probably tell that story next week because he'll, he'll love that. Get him on and make Yo, him relive he, his he worst memory in FPL. <laughs> in fact, he's even, he hasn't done any kind of videos in a while. I'm sure he'll love reliving uh, yeah. stuff. But yeah, but yeah, it'd be, he be great was, to have, be great to have Jay on. Yeah, he's a, he was a, a force in FPL terms. His record is very, very strong. He's coming back this season and uh he's he's always good value his opinions he's, he's opinionated so we're, it's like having granville on in a way it's uh just as strong with his opinion so we're looking well, for granville will, will love that comparison <laughs> i know he will well look at granville top of every league i at know, the moment. I know. So, that's because he came on here we, we you know we did we did wonders for him we didn't he yeah. was doing better than us before we came on but i know but we've remarked then we've got to get granville on while he's beating us because he's not going to last and he's absolutely given us i a, know a well, he's not coming on until we until we no. overtake him so it's his own no. fault <laughs> uh, talking of smashing you better say the the regular words of the subscribers yep. and likes 
So 1,300 people watching now, uh, 180 likes. So hit that like button, pushes, pushes us up the channel so more people see the video. Uh, hopefully everyone has already subscribed, but if you're watching this on, or listening to it on whatever platform, make sure you hit the subscribe button and you'll get certain treats like notifications when Mark and I go live on a Friday night. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's it. We're going to do more <laughs> of those random Friday feeds, aren't we? And if you miss that, then you only got yourself to blame. Uh, yeah. So it's worth it's worth doing it just for that. Uh, but yeah, thanks for thanks for listening to us ramble on. Um, just one final thing: I am in my last. I don't think I'll have my moustache on our black box next week, Mark. Because I think no, it'd be off, will it? No, nope, it will be off, and I'll be back to. I don't even know what it'll be. Probably back to some kind of stubble type system. The um, the Sue Perkins time. comparisons will come back, will they? Or? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not going to go clean shaven, so uh, oh, okay. I don't think I'll, I'll go back to Sue Perkins. Okay. Um, but I'm just going to drop a link in the description now. I hit my target of what I wanted to 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 make, so I've got a new target now of seven hundred and fifty pounds. Um, but if anyone fancies donating, there's a link in the description and in the chat, and I'd appreciate it. Yeah, and also going back to the subscribers, we said every ten thousand subs, we're going to wear an outfit, a suit. Every time yep. we hit, 10, not an outfit. Don't, don't call it an outfit. We're in bloody well, like bunny costumes or something. We're going to be wearing nice suits to commemorate the the occasion. Yeah, we're, we're, we're I was 1, thinking away. when we hit the uh, sacred hundred thousand, if we ever do, I might dress up as Stato for that. You remember Stato? Angus oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, I might get the yeah. dressing gown and all that out for that. So that that's years away, though. So it's fine. Like, people, forget if we ever hit hundred thousand, I'll do it in the nude. I'll be so excited. Oh, he's done a Lilica. <laughs> you can't say that. Oh, God. That might actually help the subs numbers immediately, or maybe not. Or automatically decrease. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens with that one. Anyway, it's a good night for me. Good night, everyone. Thanks for watching. Podcast Network.